Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. Psycho Killer Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Well protected again. Jones Waddles gets behind the defenders for another touchdown. That is Trey Lance. Kyle Pitts and a tight end find. The goal line shot for a Gator touchdown. Justin Fields. Hello from the 51 yards. Jamar Chase. Eight different games, Sewell did not allow the guy pass rushing against him to pressure, hit, or sack the quarterback. Eight out of 12. You got here just in time. Zach Milne down the sideline from Zach Wilson. And thanks for joining us. Rashawn Bateman with his first career score as a gopher. What more can you say about Trevor Lawrence? He's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Luke, I have a confession to make, as you can hear from that. I forgot to make a new intro for the second week in a row. Um, this is not a throwback episode. This is just, uh, I take blame. What do you want from me? I want you to make a fucking intro. <laughs> Jeez. Man, why? <laughs> why you got to come at me like Canelo like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see your side. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> I don't even have anything nice to say to you. That's okay. That's okay. Because you know what, damn it, we are starting right off the bat here. No no random BS, no bull, bull crap in the night or whatever you want to say, damn it. We're talking football, and we have the one and only Randy Jersey with us. Randy, what is up, my man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Oh, such a pleasure. Uh, Randy, for those of you who have listened over the years, is the OG with us. Very happy to have him with us. And uh, what, a, what a more... I, I guess the easiest way to start this, and, and well, excuse me, let me let me be polite. Why don't you go ahead and reintroduce yourself for any of our new listeners so they know who you are and everything. I apologize for stepping on your toes. Oh, no. Hey, uh, my name is Randy Gersey, as he said, and uh, I'm the uh, site expert for Dogtown Daily. You can also find my work on NFL Spin Zone. Or follow me on uh, at Twitter at rgersey81 if you like uh, sarcastic comments that, <laughs> you know, you're making fun of people. So. <laughs> And, and, you know, we, we tried to set this up last week, and I think the football gods told us that it shouldn't happen <laughs> because now yeah. it's just everything happened. <laughs> so it was, right. It was almost yeah, like every, was everything went crazy. Completely crazy. Meant to go down. And right off the bat, I got to ask you, how do you feel about the trade, the we don't want it, we want it, the back and forth? Just the whole situation here with Deshaun Watson. You know, you, you, you take – if you look at it just from a football aspect, there's nothing to dislike about it. I get that they gave up a lot of draft picks. Um, but look at the Rams. Rams gave up a lot of draft picks and went and won a Super Bowl. It's worth it. You know, if you know you can get your quarterback, you go and you get your quarterback. Um, so you're looking, like I said, just at a football aspect. I get it. The contract may seem crazy, but how many times do we think a quarterback contract is crazy and a few years down the road it's a steal? 
Um, you know, those, those, those deals are always going up. I'd rather see you pay big money on a guy like that that you know can get it done. Uh, the off-field stuff, I mean, I, I understand why people feel the way they do. I understand the, the anger, the frustration. Um, I think what I don't get is people turning on each other. So, you know, it's uh, somebody jumped down my throat when I just was making fun of the fact that, you know, we got, we got slammed a year it was like a year and two months ago for suggesting Deshaun Watson to Cleveland. I mean, we ended up on ESPN, you know, with with uh, people talking about it. And so I made a comment like, hey, is it still, was it still a dumb idea of ours? And somebody told me that says a lot about my character and how I treat women. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with what I just said. So it's like mm-hmm. people – that, that's the part I don't get where we're just – everyone's mad at each other if they're not. If they're not mad. And I, I don't know. It's – you knew it was coming. You knew, you know, the Browns knew it was coming. Uh, I guess you just got to kind of weather the storm and you know see how see how it all plays out. Do you think the brand the the, the Browns sound like AJ Styles out here? Do you, th- <laughs> <laughs> do, you th- do you think the Browns handled this situation poorly? Um, it went from they were seeking Deshaun Watson to Deshaun Watson not interested to Baker requesting a trade, them saying too bad, so sad to them now getting Deshaun Watson and now no one wants Baker Mayfield. I don't think they handled it poorly. I think that they, you know, they, they did their, they went after Deshaun Watson. They gave him, you know, tried to give him what he wanted. He said, no, uh, they tried to mend fences with Baker. Yeah. I don't even know if mend fences is the right thing. I think, I wouldn't have been surprised if they were still looking, you know, to make another move or do something in the draft. But um, my understanding is it fell through with Atlanta, and that opened the door back up. Um, I, if anything, I think Baker kind of put himself in a bad light with the the goodbye letter that he wrote before, you know, when, when they first started to meet Deshaun Watson, and then the, the the demanding the trade when he really didn't have any leverage. I think he just. You know, he didn't see the same thing that a lot of people saw, which was a quarterback that was regressing and struggling. And I think he bought into the, the hype that's out there that, oh, he'd have been fine if he just was healthy, which, I mean, you get your shoulder fixed, you're still not going to be reading the field any better. And he wasn't seeing wide open people. And I think I think he put himself in the, in the spot that they're in now. Do you think by the end of the season, it's just – or yeah, off season, however you want to look at it, it's just going to end up where Baker stays and he just walks or – do you think Cleveland, uh, Cleveland caves and, you know, takes like a, a really late-type traffic for him? Because a lot of the talk I've heard, and, and Luke's brought this up a lot with me too, is they're at the point now where most teams go, you want a first, I'll just wait until he's a free agent and get him next year type deal. Yeah, and I mean, there's even – Schefter reported that teams are saying if you want us to take them, you got to give us a pick. Uh, I think – I think that, you know, I think I think the – the Browns are going to be smart about it. You know, the quarterback market's dried up right now, but we don't know what it's going to look like once uh, camp starts. And, you know, they, if they release them, they're still eating the $18 million. So if no one's going to give you what you want, if you can make it work, you, I think that the smart move is just hold on to them and there's an injury or something happens or you get somebody in camp, you know, you get a, a Drew Locke or a Sam Darnold or somebody in camp that just looks terrible, you know, and maybe they change their team. But uh, I, I think they're going to try to be patient on it. Do you think the GM for the Browns is in win mode with the big trades he's made this offseason for Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson trading all those draft picks away and draft capital? 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the good things is I keep seeing people talk about, you know, they're they're completely mortgaging their future, but they're not really. Um, they are in win-now mode, but if you look at it, you've still got Miles Garrett, Amari Cooper, Deshaun Watson, who are all, you know, what, 28 or so and under. You know, they're, I think Amari Cooper is the oldest of the, of the three, if I'm not mistaken, and you still got – uh, Nick Chubb, and I mean these guys, Greg Newsome. You know, you have some really good, talented players that are going to be there for the next several years. So, I think they are in win mode now, but I also don't think it's a you know 2022 Super Bowl or bust type thing. So, with with everything that's kind of taken place, what what's kind of the thought in your mind with what this team will do with what they have left in the draft? I, I think that this year is you know, an excellent year for them to go and get another wide receiver. I think, um, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones did really well last year, but I don't think it would be a bad idea at all to get another guy to go with him and Amari Cooper. And, you know, in the second round at pick 44, I mean, a guy like John Mechie could be there, George Pickens, uh, even Sky Moore. Um, I think any of those guys I think would fit in this this system pretty well. And really in a lot of other drafts, they might be first-round picks. Any chances that they bring back Jarvis Landry for any reason to add back to that wide receiver core or no? I hope not, and I know that sounds terrible, and it's against the way a lot of Browns people think, but I just kind of feel like that locker room needs a bit of a reset on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, get some of, you know, Jarvis at the end of the, his tenure there last year, you know, as some people were attacking the media for questioning him at his uh, Thanksgiving Day thing, but he was really passive aggressive in his answers. And, you know, no matter how you felt about Baker, I kind of felt, I just, to me, I felt like he wasn't handling it right. He seemed like he was done. Um, you know, he was, you know, making the shots, taking the little shots. I don't know why I don't get the ball. I don't know what the offense is doing. And then he's going out of his way to praise Odell Beckham Jr. Um, who, who got out, who, who left. So I, I think it'd probably be best for everyone to have a fresh start. Yeah, I, I I think what you said too. I've seen a lot of people say um, maybe try you know if he's there at seventy eight, Sky Moore. I've seen a lot of George Pickens at forty four for uh, Cleveland. Yeah. I had previously thought uh, Garrett Wilson in the first round would have been a great play had they not made the trade with it. Um, anyone in yes. the free agent market you could see that could be a possibility to come in then to do that wideout spot. Um, you know I think. With- a lot of the market's kind of dried up. I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of let things go now, go to the draft, and then see what's going on. But I, I, there's not a lot of names out there in, in free agency that are exciting me right now. Um, I think that right now I, I would be targeting somebody in the, in the draft. It's just such a heavy draft class, and I think mm-hmm. going out and getting a young, younger guy with upside is probably the way to go. Uh, the Browns released J.C. Treader this offseason, which shocked quite a few people. Was that just because they needed to clear space for Watson, or was there something else behind that? Um, if they were just shocked, then people weren't reading Dogtown Daily. <laughs> um, we, 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 a couple of us had mentioned in there that, you know, we could see him being a guy that was cut, and I think it was just um, – even if it wasn't for to, to go and get Watson, it was a move I could see them ha- doing just because he had no more dead money on his ca- or on, his, on the cap hit, and it was going to save them about eight million dollars. They drafted Nick Harris uh, in 2020, and last year he filled in when Treader missed the game, and, and he 
he did the job perfectly fine. So I think they saw an opportunity to save a whole lot of money, get younger. Um, one thing about Treader is, you know, he hasn't practiced, I think, in about two years. So while he's still playing well, you're kind of holding your breath all the time because he's, he, he's been banged up. He's been getting beaten up. And we saw with Jarvis. Jarvis played through everything. Um, but once it hits and you can't go anymore, you know, it, it comes fast. And that kind of happened to Jarvis last year where he just spent the entire season beat up. So I, I think they were trying to get out ahead of it, rather get rid of a guy too early than too late and save a little money while doing it. You know, not to keep on the wide receiver thing, but I, you know, just kind of looking over some stuff on it, and it piques my interest, especially after the Odell experiment. But you know, on a team-friendly deal, any any thoughts or or completely vetoing any thought of an idea of an Antonio Brown or a Julio Jones trying something again? <laughs> oh man. Um, I- I wouldn't hate Julio Jones. Antonio Brown, I think, would be a nightmare. Um, you talk <laughs> about a PR nightmare putting Deshaun Watson and Antonio Brown together, you know. Um, and Brown is just – he's been he, – that guy's crazy. There's something <laughs> something, go, something not right with him. <laughs> Von, Von I don't want any part of that. Changes that man's life. Oh, man, he's – Yeah. Yeah, that was – I mean, I went to ASU, so I guess I could take – you know, I, I should take some pride in that maybe. You know, Vontae Perkins went out there. <laughs> but, yeah, he he really hasn't been the same since then. I I, I think he, I would steer clear of him. Julio Jones, I think you can get him on a, you know, a cheap deal, you know, kind of after he came off an injury, a prove-it prove it deal type thing. That wouldn't be the worst move, but uh, I don't know if that's the way the Browns would go. What what do you think the best case scenario for this team is this year in the draft and going into the regular season? Is is it? Do you think this team's going to win the division? Do you think it all relies on what Watson happens with those civil um, cases, uh, or do you think that it's you know are we going to the playoffs? It's our time. You know, I think some of it's going to depend on what happens with him because if he is suspended for you know six games you're not beating the Bengals in that division. Um, you know, that team, they're an offensive lineman away from winning the Super Bowl, really. And yeah. they went and they picked, picked up several offensive linemen, including Lyle Collins, who is an excellent right tackle. Um, so I think the Bengals right now are the team to beat. I think Cleveland can compete with them. But that that's still a tough division. And, I mean, people are overlooking Pittsburgh, too. And I know Mitchell Trubisky isn't – Exactly, great, but uh, I mean, it was Ben Roethlisberger during the last couple seasons, and they stayed competitive. So, uh, I mean, I, I could see them even getting better having a younger quarterback that's got a more, you know a lot more lively arm and you know can run a little bit. So, I think it'll be a really tough division. I think Cleveland, I think they were smart in picking up Jacoby Brissett so that they could stay competitive if Watson is suspended. But um, yeah, I think right now they're they're, they're going to it's going to be hey you know what do we got to do to make the playoffs and then go from there. As as uh, as us being in Minnesota here, I, I was originally going to I wanted to thank you for the JC Treader cut because if he comes here, I've I officially <laughs> spoken to existence. Kirk Cousins will be your league MVP. You heard it right here first, ladies and gentlemen. You can kill <laughs> me later, but let me glow, let me have my my moment of hope. In that one, but I, I can comfortably say that I don't think you guys have much to worry about uh, after what we saw of Mitch Trubisky in a Bears uniform. My lord, 
That you he threw that ball farther away than people stayed separated when COVID started. Like it was holy <laughs> hell to see a bad quarterback. <laughs> but and and, and I'll tell you what I am I hate he Steelers, so I love that he went there. <laughs> I can't stand this. I yeah, it's just the thing with Trubisky is, like I said, he just he, he won. So um, I don't know. I, I I agree with you. I don't think he's great. He's not my idea of a starting quarterback. But they end up with him and maybe draft somebody like Malik Willis. I don't know. They, I just I've, I've I've too many times in my life I've overlooked that team only to turn around and go, why yeah. the hell did I overlook that team? So <laughs> you know, just, they're they're, they're me, very well coached. Not... They're well they're well run. I hate them, but. <laughs> keep doing it. It's it's just to me he's not your Joe Flacco or Trent Dilfer who can just kind of will you to win the game by not screw like he's gonna screw up. I think is my issue. I mean, Luke, you went on that diatribe last week when I was when I was criticizing you for taking what you had you had Malik Willis going six in, in your mock and I went yeah. crazy and you're like yeah. look. Somebody took Mr. Misty at two. People are stupid. I was like, yeah, okay, you're right. You're right. I can't, you know. Yeah, some, but then against the Bears, they took Someone took Josh Rosen at ten. I mean, if. Oh, you said Rosen, too, just to spite me as a Cardinals fan, too. I was like, man. Which, in turn, is why I hate the Steelers, because of that damn Super Bowl. But I won't get into that, because I'm just going to get heated. Yeah. Hey, and Malik looked really good at his pro day today, they said. Yeah. You know, and that's what I think. Like Teddy Bridgewater is like the only quarterback that ever didn't look good at a pro day. Yeah, he's better than half the quarterbacks that did look good. <laughs> oh man, I miss Teddy Two Gloves, man. Oh, I I truly think Bridgewater didn't have that non-contact contact injury. I still think he'd be on this team. I just. And maybe it's just because he was such a good character guy, and he was great with the team and great with the community. I just, I, yeah. I grew to love the guy, and I just, I want. He's one of those guys that I'm always going to root for. I'm always going to root for Teddy. It's it's impossible not to. I mean, he, yeah, I, I was excited for him when he he got that opportunity in New Orleans, and really kind of was it like a five and one stretch or four and one stretch or something yeah. like that. And I mean, that was that was really good, and then. You know, went to the Panthers and Matt, Matt Rule uh, messed him up. So <laughs> there was, but he got there his was money. somebody he made his and, money. And <laughs> for for the hip hop heads out there, there was an article I was reading about um, Matt Rule taking Kenny Pickett at number six because he believes he's the Jay Z of GM of the GMs, and the person said he's more in the lines of the old No Limit Soldier Silk the Shocker right now than Jay Z, and I. I laughed so hard thinking about that one. But, you know, um, oh, I think he's. I think he's going to take him too. It's crazy, but I think he will. It, I don't know why. It's, it, do you do you have yeah. that kind of? You know, obviously, you know your quarterback situations. Like now we're good. Everyone just shoo and get out of here because we got we got Watson now. I I got to remember. I had yeah. a, I had a question and now I've turned it. So I got to remember my own question so I don't forget it. It's it's about Brissett. I'll get to that one after, but. Do you think this this insane carousel of quarterback movements and signings and this and that is because these scouts saw these quarterbacks at, at, at the combine and went, holy shit, there are some bad quarterbacks coming out of this draft. We have to do something else. Like, is, is, am I crazy thinking that could be 
something that really helped kick this off? Because you notice the combine ended and everyone's calling everyone going, look, I'll give you a, I'll give you six picks in a garbage can. You can give me, you know, do you still have, do you still have like Billy Hoyer or on your, on your, on your payroll? Like, I mean, it was remarkable, the movement. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the Browns, for instance, went there and they talked to Kenny Pickett the first day. And then apparently they told Baker Mayfield's agents that they're going to be going out and trying to get someone to leave. So, I think you're. I think you're right. I think they went out there and said this year was not it, you know. Um, but oh man, out of quarterback moves, like what the hell with uh, Carson Wentz? The the Colts go and trade a first round pick for him, and then turn right around and get what, like a third rounder? And, uh, yeah. Some of the moves. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was shorting them. That third <laughs> could be the next Russell Wilson. Okay. Yeah, that's and true. That man got annihilated at his press conference when he showed up with that yellow suit and a and a red t shirt. Somebody said he looked like a mustard covered flaming hot Cheeto. Like Oh he, man, I saw a picture. One uh, of the best memes was a picture of somebody wearing like a hot dog suit and they put it next <laughs> to him and like it said Who wore it better? <laughs> Poor Carson Wentz. They just getting annihilated, and, and he was like, "Yeah, I was out hunting buffalo, and I got told I was traded, so I put on this coat that I've had since college, or something like that." Yeah, <laughs> like, he doesn't care. Colored suit. <laughs> <laughs> he's still he's still cashing, and he's still on that hundred million dollar contract. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he's doing fine. He's he's living yeah, life. He's He's touring the world. He's playing for everybody. I mean, I also wonder with him, like, his his numbers aren't that bad. So, I'm like, he's got to be, like, the biggest jerk if everybody just wants to trade him. You know, I they feel just, like no people one wants are to keep so, him around. They're so concerned he's going to get hurt. I, I feel like it's one of those – or it's, it's the new shiny object it. that comes in. Somebody's like, ah, oh, you know, we don't – oh, we can get this. Oh, let's get rid of him quick. And then they're like, ah, maybe we should yeah. have. You know, like we were talking about this last week. Tell me a more try-hard quarterback than Carson Wentz who gets sacked by Aaron Donald. And to get a first down, he sprains both of his ankles somehow to continue to wiggle out to get a first. I'm like, that's a warrior right there. Right? <laughs> he went hard. <laughs> like, all right, yeah, that is game. true. You got a first and ten, guys. You know, it's like. All right, let's go, man. <laughs> that Luke, is true. I he injured both ankles on the same nothing. play. <laughs> so, is is the in your opinion is the Jacoby Brissett move someone to bring in? As you mentioned, you know if Watson goes down, but someone that you can build a playbook around Watson and Brissett can step in and still make that same playbook work. Exactly, and that's what I love about it. And you know, a lot of people had asked me if they if I thought you know, Stefanski was going to change his offense uh, to fit around Watson, and I don't think that's the case. I think his offense works better with a with a mobile quarterback. I think you know he's he likes to get them out of the out on the bootlegs and everything. And when you have a mobile guy, there's a whole other threat there. It's not just worrying about the play action, worrying about the deep pass. You also got to worry about the quarterback taking off. So I think that, you know, he's it's going to be able to let him do more of his offense. But, you know, it's exactly like you say. Whatever they're doing with Watson, you'll be able to do it for set. 
um, I'm yeah. 100% not going to be the same, but he can still run the run similar plays and, and, and threaten the defense a little bit. Yeah, now it's almost like I, I thought of it as uh, getting – you know, you're getting that that kind of a quarterback, but like the light version of it. You know, where you know he might not be able to do it yeah. all, but if I if I need to fill in for a couple of days, he can manage. You know, the Sean Watson light. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's the Sean Watson light, a guy who can do everything, <laughs> but like if he was in Madden, he'd have the same stats, but like seven points lower in each one of them or something. <laughs> like, all right, he can do the job, but like a little bit behind. If 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 Tim Tebow didn't have insane fans that bought, spent $10,000 on billboards, he'd have been like a perfect backup for Cam Newton. You know, like you could have just yeah. brought him in and let him run the same offense. It would have been the same thing. His, his, his bad rating would have been seven to 10 points lower and everything, but you could have run the same things, but yeah. You Dude, you do bowling Tebow, balls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got bowling balls. Of course. That's the one thing too, you know, not to get on a, a wild tangent, but like, People, people nowadays, I see a lot of like, oh man, Patriots got Cam Newton. He wasn't anything good. Panthers had him. It's like, if you would have seen this dude when he was playing, like, there was people that didn't want to tackle him when he was coming at you because how hard he would just run at you. Like this guy, Allen Iverson, was... his career. You know, he just yeah, broke yeah. himself down trying to win. He was so much fun to watch in his prime. I mean. I know people would get annoyed about the showboating and the Superman and all that, but I loved how he'd be like, if you don't like it, stop me. You know, like, I just yeah. I loved watching him in his prime. Like, it was so much fun, and I don't know. I like a cocky I like a cocky athlete. I can't, I can't help it. Well, you know, and as long as they can back it up, and at the end of the day, they're, you know, they're, every, everything he did off the field, for the most part, was always good stuff. You know, he, you know, Cam loved the kids, you know, you know, it was, all the fun stuff. So it's like, when you get on the field and yeah. he's that different athlete, if you can't shut him up, then that's your fault, you know? It's, exactly. It's, it's not like, not like, like you know, Russell Westbrook. Teams complain. Yeah, like when mm-hmm. teams complain about running up the score. It's like, well, let's stop them. Yeah, exactly. You're still trying to score and catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I just I just want him to hold him like he's the bat flip at him. Just suck it. Take my <laughs> bat flip. I think my favorite thing – yeah, I think my favorite thing with Cam Newton was all the memes last year where the, the commercial he did with the little kid trying to steal his job and everyone was like, that kid is Mac, J- Mac Jones. <laughs> That's so good. Um, like, oh, poor Cam. <laughs> you know, and, and he got paid. And they made, made, made a good living. <laughs> but uh, I, I do want to ask you real quick here before we wrap up. Um, there's still some fairly big names, in my opinion, left on the other side of the football in free agency. I'm, you know, I didn't research your guys' cap situation. I apologize on that. But any thoughts of trying to make a move on any of these kind of defensive guys uh, before they get nabbed up somewhere else? You know, um, their cap space isn't bad right now. I want to say $25 million, something like that in that range. Um, they just they did a good job with Watson's contract of kind of spreading it out, so he's not counting anything this year in case he gets suspended. But um, <laughs> I know that they've, lo- they've looked at um, a trade for Daniel Hunter. Um, 
I'm not sure if he's really on the market or not, but I know that the, the Browns had kind of kicked the tires on that. Um, so we just restructured also, him down yeah. to he's a million-dollar cap hit now. We just did him and Adam Thielen. Yeah, that's right. how we got uh, Zadarius Smith a couple hours ago. And hopefully your former center yeah. comes here and says hello, because God bless America. I would love to have an O-line. <laughs> a real O-line. We, we, I know that there's – The Vikings O-line yeah. is like a bunch of, like, 10-year-old kids, it looks like, just getting annihilated by people. <laughs> Like that's that's what like, yeah. like well, and they put assets into it. Mm-hmm. It's oh, just like what do you want to like, do when he's got two seconds to throw a football? Like, I mean, my cousins get so much crap, and it's it drives me off the wall because he's not that bad. Like Hell you know, um, if if it if if Sean Watson wasn't the quarterback, I would have been totally fine with the Browns going after Cousins. I mean, he's. He's a good quarterback, um, he's, but uh, as far as defensive players for the Browns, it, I know they're still targeting uh, Jadavian Clowney, who's doing his annual "I don't want to show up and you know work out" kind of thing. I think he's going to wait till after camp, but I know they're trying to bring him back in, which I think would be a good move. I'd like to see them go out and get another defensive tackle. Taven uh, Bryan is, you know, a low risk, high reward kind of signing, former first round pick, but. That they could use a little more beef on that defensive line. I don't know if they're thinking about bringing back Malik Jackson or not, um, but you know they they need some help there for sure. It yeah, it should be it should be interesting. I, I'm excited. Like I said, I I truly feel like the football gods parted the way they did to go. We want you to wait a week because it's going to be worth it, and then magic happens here, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, it just so happened I had a. I had a whole bunch of stuff happen last week, so we can come on this week instead. See, see, so it was meant to be. And damn it, Randy! I am glad it happened because it's always fun. Um, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, before I let you go, I'll, I'll send you more of this on, on Twitter. But everything we said to our guests last week, um, Tuesday before the draft, April twenty sixth, we're trying to set up a special type of a a. Essentially, a writers only live on air mock draft. Um, so, I'll get more details to you, but if you're free and can do it, I'd love to have you join us because we're, we're trying to have all 32 spots filled, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. And just to see how everyone mocks while the other mocks and see who takes whose picks and just kind of how it all rocks and rolls. But I'm excited, man. Uh, I'll have more info as, well, as we, we get closer to it. We don't have a pick, but I, I can fill in for somebody. I can oh, play GM for a team you don't have. I just completely <laughs> came out and dogged you in front of everyone after we just talked Damn. about your forty-four. That's I just, fuck. I, I, I enjoy I enjoy what that. I'm, <laughs> what, I'm, what I plan on doing on Thursday night of the draft is watching Deshaun Watson highlights because that's our oh. draft. Pick, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll figure something out. I'll be in touch about it because we got to have you back as always. But, Randy, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Plug everything you got once again for all of our listeners uh, so they can they can get, get everything they need to with you and the Browns. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, follow us, Dog Pound Daily. Uh, you can see us at, at Dog Pound Daily, and then I'm at rgersey81. You can also find me on NFL Spin Zone, where I release a bunch of mock drafts, and people tell me I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, but, hey, it was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, yeah, Thank we'll talk you. again soon here, Randy. And you can also uh, 
in case you didn't know with Randy, you can also... Uh... Catch me outside, how about that? He's, he's Catch me outside, how about that? <laughs> that man's everywhere. But we're going to keep tires rolling here because I know, I know there's a boy for... Well, he's a man now. He's, he's old. But a guy from Hastings that you're going to want to probably talk about here coming up, so I don't want to hold this up. But uh, jump right in. Justin, you with us, good sir? Yes, sir. What's going on? Oh, look at that. Look at that clarity coming in on the studio end. Look at this. That's what I'm talking about. Ooh, is, is it good? I'm speaking into my uh, my laptop mic, so I wasn't, I wasn't sure how it was going to sound. I'm glad it's good. No, it, 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 it sounds, and I'm going to say this in like a good way because it almost sounds like a stadium announcer, but it's got that very yeah. slight echo, but very, like a, a good a good bass tone. So almost sounds like, like you're a country were, singer. Like it, it, okay. I was going to say, it sounds like he was about to get kidnapped, but then he got away, but he decided to finish his phone call after he took out the kidnappers. But that was way more elaborate I, I take than that, what you said. Yeah, I, I take that all as a compliment. That, that's all a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> you, you, went, you went Liam Neeson when they tried to get at you, and then you're like, no, nah, I got to finish my interview. And then you came in and told us about your special set of skills that you have with the New York Jets yes, real quick. As we jump right in, why don't you reacquaint yourself with all of our listeners and uh, let them know who you are and what you're doing. Sure. Yeah, so I'm uh, Justin Freed. You can find me on Twitter, at Justin T. Freed. I do some, some cool tweets there. I also uh, am the editor for the Jet Press, which is part of the fan-sided network. Uh, once again, you can also follow us on Twitter, at the Jet Press. Uh, I also do stuff with Ebony Bird, which the Ravens fan-sided site, which is a weird connection there. I don't know if I was doing that the last time I was on here, but I am now. No. Uh, so I, if you're also a Ravens fan listening to this for some reason, you can check me out there too. Dang, see, now my bias is going to come in when it's Raven time. Where we have a gentleman that we usually talk to, but now it's like, well, I mean, we got we to talk to Justin. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm I, always down to talk some Ravens. <laughs> I digress, but we are uh, – you know, we come in here, and a lot of the team going into this new season feels the same. And I know, I know, Luke's got a ton to talk about because he's excited about the Jets and some of the players that they can take. But walking in here, March twenty second, how do you feel about this Jets team as we approach the draft and everything else, kind of going forward? Are you, are you, are you happy with what how it's better? Are you kind of going, man? Everyone else has been doing things. <laughs> you know, as always with this team, anytime you're optimistic, it has to be you know cautious optimism. Uh, we've been burned many times in the past by that optimism. It's, it's always cautious, but I am cautiously optimistic right now about the state of the team. Uh, I do very much like the moves they made in free agency. I think that, you know, uh, by and large, it was a very successful period for them. You know, obviously it's still time to go, but the first wave of free agency is quieted down, and I think they came away with, you know, impact players on, on both sides of the field. Uh, I think that the roster as a whole has improved. They have four top 40 picks. A lot of it is just going to come down to the development of Zach Wilson, and can he take that next step? I, I think they're doing a good job of surrounding him with talent, which that's always the most important thing. It removed those variables, which they failed to do with Sam Darnold in the past. Remove those variables. Make sure you know if Zach Wilson is the guy going forward. And, you know, hopefully hopefully, hopefully he proves it. Hopefully he does. But I think right now they, they are setting the foundation, uh, and that will continue in the draft. Before I talk about my boy, uh, 
who should go number one in the draft, but he won't. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around that the Jets are actually looking to trade out of the first round, if not completely, at least one of their picks to build up 2023 draft capital. Is there any truth to that? From my understanding, yeah, I do think that that's something they they would consider. It really just comes down to value. Uh, you know, the 2022 draft, while it's deep and while you know there's there's certainly some really good players up there at the top, you kind of lack the blue chip talents in this draft class, at least at premium positions. And you have your Kyle Hamiltons, your Tyler Linderbaum's. Uh, but, you know, th- those guys, they're not edge rushers, they're not quarterbacks, they're not offensive tackles. You know, you have some good players, and that's not like a, a slide at Ike Iguanu or Evan Neal, uh, but I-, I think the drop-off from, like, 10 to 40 isn't nearly as significant as it normally would be. Uh, so I-, I think that, you know, especially if a team is looking to move up for a quarterback right at four, the Jets could look to trade down. More likely, I think that they look to trade down at 10 if the value is there, if some team is willing to move up, because – you know, whether the Jets are picking at 10 or 18 or whatever, I, I don't think that's a huge gap. And they might just decide, like you said, to just trade out and, you know, trade up or trade for a 2023 pick. Uh, you know, if they can get a 2023 first-round pick and then a little extra, I think that's absolutely something they would consider. What kind of going into this, obviously, having the two picks, is there any kind of a steadfast game plan you're kind of hoping where they're like, we have we need to nail essentially these two positions to be able to elevate ourselves to the following season. Or kind of going off of that piggyback with what Luke asked, is it more let's grab our best two guys and then hope that next year we can really, really take advantage of that draft class in 2023 and start building, you know, year three with Zach Wilson? I think the way they've positioned themselves with their moves in free agency, they've given themselves the flexibility to be able to do multiple things. Now, I think the two positions they are, not to say weak as that, but the two positions that make the most sense to target in the first round would be edge rusher and wide receiver. Whether they actually target those two positions remains to be seen. Uh, you know, I, like I said, they've given themselves enough flexibility. At edge rusher, you have Carl Lawson coming back. You, you signed Jacob Martin from the Texans. You still have John Franklin Myers uh, Bryce Huff, like they have depth there. They don't need to do that. But I think you know, it would make sense to address that, especially with a lot of edge rushers expected to go in the top 10. Uh, you know, and a wide receiver, I think that's where you have the least flexibility. But the value, it just, you know, it comes down to is the value there at 10 or, you know, wherever they're looking to take a wide receiver. Uh, but, you know, they went outside DJ Reed at cornerback. That gave them flexibility there because they were looking at, you know, guys like Ad- or Ahmad Gardner or Derek Stingley. They would have probably been high on the Jets' draft board before they went out and signed D.J. Reed. Now, they still could target one of those guys, but they have the flexibility to not do that. Uh, and, you know, they did that at, they did that at tight end as well, not that they were targeting a tight end in the first round, but they went out and signed C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin. So, you know, a lot of people positioned the Jets taking a, a tight end in the second or third round. Now they don't have to do that. I think that the moves they made in free agency gave them flexibility. But if you're, if you're zeroing in on two positions – I would keep an eye on edge rusher and wide receiver. Although offensive tackle, that's not out of the, the equation either. And that's a whole other story with Mekhi Becton and George Fan and that whole situation. With Kyle Hamilton being available at four possibly, is there any chance that you could see the Jets grabbing him even with the signing of Jordan Whitehead just a few days ago? Yeah, I mean, Kyle Hamilton, he's a fantastic talent, arguably the best overall player in this draft class. Uh, <laughs> Wait, really hold on, can you say on... that? 
Can you say that again for Ryan, please? <laughs> it, he is he is arguably the best overall player in this draft class. And I, I don't even know if that's much of an argument. <laughs> I, and I've never discredited that. I just said, you really like Kyle Hamilton. And, and I said last week, is it because he's from Hastings, Minnesota? I don't know. But you, I, I just, <laughs> he loves Kyle Hamilton. And I, the minute you said that, I said, damn it, he's going to call me out. And he just immediately had you call me out. Knew it was coming. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's what's not to love about Kyle Hamilton, right? Yeah. Well, he's from Minnesota. That's cool, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he's a phenomenal talent. Uh, you know, it ultimately just comes down to, to how much the Jets like him. Now, it would be a very anti-Joe Douglas move to draft a safety in a top five, right? That's just not something he he does. You know, he, he values premium positions a lot. So, you know, you're more likely to see them – target, you know, more important positions, but I, I think Kyle Hamilton's obviously a special talent, and they spoke about it, I believe, at the Combine or the Senior Bowl or both. Uh, they called him, or they didn't specifically refer to him, but they said some players are unicorns, right, where position value, you know, they kind of supersede position value. So I think it's something they could consider. I, I don't think Jets fans would like that too much. I think there's still some fresh wounds from the Jamal Adams situation that, uh, you know, obviously Kyle Hamilton's a very different player and he's, he's obviously a different person, but I, I don't think Jets fans would get behind that very much, but yeah, he's a fantastic player. And I do think it's something they, they could consider, even though it's probably unlikely. You know, now, now that we've kind of started talking this draft, I, I will say spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Luke, you're going to get two of my 2.0 draft picks that we'll talk about now. We're number two, but I've had Kyle Hamilton to the Jets at 10, though, both times. I, I feel like the way the draft falls, he stumbles there. At 10, he's just too good to not take. As you mentioned with the cornerback signing, I originally had Stingley going at four. This week when I updated, I have Evan Neal going at four, as you mentioned, the potential tackle thing. And it's something that, that interests me is I remember when we, we talked before the last draft, um, or last year, I should say, when we talked draft with you, we both had, had, had a conversation and a thought of, instead of Zach Wilson, you know, is there any thought process of doing a, to, to do a Pinesul with a Makai Becton? Obviously, you got Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker came in now. Do you think they could still try for a guy like an Evan Neal? Or what do you think is the go-to at four? It's interesting because, you know, if you asked me like two weeks ago, I would have said offensive line is definitely very much in play. Uh, mm-hmm. And it still absolutely is. But the signing of Lake and Tomlinson kind of complicates it. You know, Lake and Tomlinson, Pro Bowl guard coming over from the 49ers. Yeah. That was a fantastic signing. They, they got a, a big money uh, offensive lineman, which is what they needed. But, it, you know, if you look at all five spots on the line, it's, it's solidified, right? You have, you know, George Fan and Mekhi Becton, they're competing at left tackle presumably the loser will start at right tackle. That's the presumption right now. And then the three interior spots are filled with, with Vera Tucker, McGovern, uh, and Tomlinson. But the interesting thing, it all revolves around Mekhi and what, you know, the Jets truly think of him and what his situation is. Uh, of course, fantastic rookie season. A lot of people had high hopes for him. Uh, and then he has a foot injury in this spring, comes back, struggles in training camp, gets hurt the first week, and then there's all the reports that he was supposed to be back four to eight weeks, it ends up missing the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, rumors coming out that the Jets are concerned about his health, his long-term health. They're concerned about maybe his motivation. 
Uh, and, you know, there, there's, there's some truth to that stuff. And there's legitimately buzz around that. And, and if the Jets were to draft offensive, whether that's Evan Neal, I, I think more they would lean into Iki Iguanu if he's there. Uh, from what I've heard, they really like Iki Iguanu, or even Charles Cross, I think, could be in consideration. Uh, and, and Evan Neal, too. But, you know, what, what happens then if you draft one of those guys is you now have three offensive tackles yeah. and no realistic place to play them. The, yeah, the original thought before they signed Tomlinson was you could just play Iguanu or Neal at guard in year one, which wouldn't be ideal, but you could do it. Now you're either sitting George Fan on the bench, who was your best offensive lineman last year, you're sitting Makai Becton on the bench, who was maybe your best offensive lineman two years ago and a 11th overall pick two years ago, uh, or you're sitting a fourth overall pick on the bench, which, which if you're a four-win team and you're, you're, you're not even starting your fourth overall pick, that's, that's not good. Uh, and then, obviously, you could also trade one of them. There's been some rumbling that maybe Makai Becton can get traded. I think that would be a, a foolish decision right now, and I also just I don't think it works out from a financial perspective. Um, but it's it would it would open up a lot of questions if they drafted an offensive lineman. It's Joe Douglas we're talking about, and he loves offensive linemen, so you can't rule it out. And there's a reason people keep mocking the Jets to take offensive line at four because it's what people are hearing. Is it a smokescreen? I guess we'll see. Uh, but it would it's, it would be a very interesting situation if they drafted an offensive line. I, I'll say that. Look, they got me. I mean, they got me. Luke, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you. And, and I do want to give you credit real quick before, before Luke jumps in. Last year, Justin said 6-11 for the Jets. He was the only guy who had enough balls to pick a losing record for his team. So, is it, kudos everyone to you. else is picking winning records for their teams? Man. Oh, oh, man, you should look at some of these. Like, I'm looking at – or some of the – someone had a Dolphin uh, – uh, Luke, your, your boy Paul Pickens. Had the Dolphins at twelve and five. Um, we had right. a we had a Bills at eleven and three. <laughs> yeah, but the, the Bills, I could that. have seen that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not even enough games. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, or fourteen yeah. and three, fourteen and three. Excuse me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Washington, look, I, I'm not going to come on here and I'm not I'm not going to come on here and say nine and eight for the Jets. I I can't do that. I, <laughs> even now I can't. Just, I need to see it. I can't do that. I just said I just said the kudos because you mentioned with the record there, and I was like, you know what? I got this pulled up, uh, and I, I thought it was I thought it was it was pretty good. And, and even 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 six wins was too optimistic. They won four, you know. Like that's that's what I get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the other one too, I'll, I'll give kudos. Our guy Carlos Sanchez is coming on next. He went eight eight and one for the Raiders, and the Raiders went ten and seven. So he underwhelmed. Uh, so I was like, we had a couple people that were realistic, and some of these other man, some of these are just wild looking back at these. But uh, uh, Luke, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know Carlos. I, I know Carlos does Jaguar stuff now. So I mean, if if he comes on here and says nine and eight, I'm gonna have some questions for him. That's, you know, if he, if he gives them a winning record next year, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, well, Look, he's listening right now, too. He said, I'm going to listen before I call in. So the ball's in his cart. We'll see how it goes with it. Why are we talking Jaguars in about 15 minutes? <laughs> Let's go. I love um, it. Piggyback off the offensive lineman thing. Um, if Do you think there's any chance the Jets try to jump up into the top three with their two first-round picks to guarantee they get – one of the top edge rushers in Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, or um, to get a Kyle Hamilton because they're afraid the Texans will take him or something like that if they aren't wanting one of those offensive linemen? 
they would really need to like a prospect for that. Uh, you know, Joe Douglas, that's trading up is not usually his thing, especially in a draft class like this where they're just – it really isn't the value, at least from an outsider's perspective. There just doesn't appear to be the value there at the top to be willing to do that. Uh, and I know the Jaguars are interested in moving out, moving down. I, really what it seems like is that all those top five teams are, are really interested in moving down, if need be or if possible, uh, because they just know that the, the value really isn't there. So unless the Jets like absolutely fall in love with Aiden Hutchinson or, or Kayvon Thibodeau, I think they might be able to get Thibodeau at four, the way it, it sounds right now. Yeah. Uh, or Iki Iguanu or, you know, whoever, then maybe, or even Kyle Hamilton, you know, uh, they would need to really fall in love with a prospect and be like, all right, we need to get our guy. The good thing is they do have the draft capital to do that. You know, I don't, I don't think they'd have to give up 10 to move up from like four to like three or even two in this draft class. I just don't, I don't think they would need to give up 10, um, but they can, you know, give up one of those two. They have two picks in the, the top of the second round. Uh, you know, if, if need be, it's, they've given themselves the flexibility to do that. I think it's unlikely, though. You know, and I'm glad you brought that up, Luke, because I kind of counter, counter argument as to moving up. I feel that people, I don't, I don't know what happened, like if somebody pissed in his cornflakes or what the hell's going on, but I do not understand this Kayvon Thibodeau falling stuff. This guy is a proven maniac in that defense. And I think he's going to be the guy who comes in, ends up going eight or something to Atlanta, and all he has on his mind is, how many people am I going to prove wrong now that I wasn't the number one pick like I should have been when everyone mocked it a year ago? You know, if, if, if he's there at four, why, you know, I guess – I guess my thought is, why wouldn't you take a Thibodeau? Or if you if you need that that weapon, a lot of people think Drake London could go two to Detroit. If he doesn't go there, God knows when he goes. Drake London, who's who's going to mismatch a lot of these corners with his size and his ability. Why not take a guy like that at four? I mean, is that is that crazy, or, or is that kind of like like what do you want it for? Like, would you take Thibodeau or a guy like London at four? Oh, I, I mean, I'm right there with you with Thibodeau. Thibodeau is my – if I had to say freak. right now a guy I wanted it for, it's Thibodeau. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that the quote-unquote character <laughs> concerns and all this, all this BS coming out in the last couple months, it, it's either, you know, a massive smokescreen or scouts living in 1970, you know. Because uh, <laughs> if you look at, at somebody's quotes – the concerns that they have are, are ridiculous. You know, it, it does he, he doesn't love football enough. He's too concerned with his off-field interest. And it's like, man, this is 2022. We're still saying that stuff? That's, that's garbage. That's, that's absolute garbage. Uh, you know, you didn't hear any of this stuff about Thibodeau while he was at Oregon. Even, you know, he was, again, he was a, a lot for a long time. He was a projected number one overall pick before Aiden Hutchinson kind of broke out. Uh, but it, I think Thibodeau's a fantastic prospect. And there was one thing I saw. It was it was an article from Rich Zimini of ESPN, and he wasn't his words. He was quoting some anonymous AFC scout, and like the scouts talking about, you know, he's concerned about Kayvon Thibodeau's off-field stuff. Like he's basically having too many off-field interests. And then he says, like he goes as far as to say he lacks elite bend. And I'm like, all right, now we're just yeah, going too far with this because this is just it's absurd. I, I don't I don't know what has, has sparked this kind of pre-draft narrative about about Kayvon Thibodeau, but it's, it's wild. It's the same stuff people said about Justin Herbert and, 
it's it's burned it's burned people in the past. We'll see when it comes to the draft if it's actually a smokescreen. I, I think for on field, Thibodeau is everything the Jets are looking it's for not, in a player, and they have it. So go for it. That that would be my. Am I crazy that I think I'd rather I I would take Thibodeau over Hutchinson, and I'm a, and we're Minnesota guys up here. We see Hutchinson all the time because of the Big Ten. Like I I don't know. It's it reminds me a lot of when everyone was like the number one pick in two years is Teddy Bridgewater. And then everyone just suddenly got off the boat and everyone was like, nope, he's nothing. And Rich Spielman, who did, did a pretty good job, I'll say, for our team, traded into that first round, took Bridgewater, and as we were, you know, with our last guest we were talking to, we were talking to Randy Gersey. Had he not had that off-field freak injury, Bridgewater may still be this quarterback. It's like, I don't understand how these guys, suddenly hit the slope down and then the media pushes someone else up and it just people forget why you mocked him there to begin with the first time. And it, it and then they're wrong all the time. Like it tries I just don't get it, man. Yeah. I'm getting fired up, people man. Just, I don't I don't bl- I was fired up on Twitter about this recently when I came on stuff. Oh. I was discussing with a lot of people, but you know, it's it's one of those things sometimes scouts just overlook or overthink players that are too good. Uh, in the case of Thibodeau, Perry, I sincerely hope it's just teams pushing this narrative to try and get him to fall. That's, that's what I hope. I hope it's these yeah. reports coming out from, you know, anonymous scouts saying, hey, this is, you know, this is this. And obviously the media is going to report this because this is what they're getting told from scouts, from teams. Yeah. But who knows what they're actually thinking? Who knows what these teams are actually thinking? We'll, we'll see come draft day. If, if the Kayvon Thibodeau stuff is legitimate, if, if there's actually these concerns, he's going to fall. And he'll fall maybe to the back half of the top ten, maybe even out of the top ten entirely, which would be insane. But you never know. Uh, like you said, Atlanta makes, makes sense as a landing spot. If he continues to fall, I would not be surprised if, Oh if the Falcons God. were to scoop him up. I mean, you know, now they need a quarterback, so that kind of complicates things. But well, I mean, Atlanta, uh, if, Atlanta, they, if Atlanta, they don't go quarterback. Last place in sacks last year. And, and what, a, what a bigger gift than, here you go, my child. Here's Kayvon Thibodeau. Enjoy this yeah. freak you have on your, your line now. Like, I, right. Oh, right. So and, and if not Thibodeau, you know, guys like Trayvon Walker from Georgia, his stock has risen exponentially. I would not be surprised if he's the pick for the Jets at four. You have Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, who I really like. I'm just not as high on his potential as guys like Thibodeau and Walker. I think his ceiling isn't quite as high, but he's still a very good player. There's some good edge rushers up there. And obviously Aiden Hutchinson, who right now seems like the favorite to go number one. I'm sure you'll talk with Carlos about that, but if I had to guess right now, that's who I'd think goes number one. But we're, you know, we're a month out from the draft, and we still don't know. So it's, it'll be interesting. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the schools they go to, too. Me and Ryan talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Is, is, you know, Oregon's never been known for a defensive school. I mean, we, I think we looked in, like, Vita Vey oh, was wow, the last right. guy. And, you know, like, Oregon's – they've had their fair share of offensive threats with Justin Herberts and the Marcus Mariotas and stuff. And, you know, same thing with like the Ohio States, they're not known, known to have good quarterbacks. And that's why everyone always doesn't take, um, I mean, Ohio state, that's why no one takes Ohio state quarterbacks, you know, that's why Justin Fields fell. That's why. Didn't, didn't we go back 10 years and there was only in Vita Vea was like the only pac 10 for pac 12. Yeah, like, Defensive yeah, like, player in the first round or something. There was yeah, like, something like that. And or like in like the top ten or something. Or in like the top no, I think it was whole first round, man, to be yeah. really honest with you. 
It's just crazy. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm not I, trying I to jump on your time with it, but. No, no, no. I I think you could definitely point to some kind of a West Coast bias. Of course, those games happen a lot later. It's it's more difficult to get scouts out there for those games. And as a result, you rely a little bit more on hearsay. And I think that's that's where it came into play with Justin Herbert, of course, also went to Oregon, where in the pre-draft there was just – I don't think it really caused him to fall that much. Uh, I think the reason, you know, you you saw a guy like Tua Tagovailoa taken ahead of him was more because Oregon kind of – limited Herbert's potential and kind of limited what he could do. But there were all these rumors coming out before the draft about, oh, he's not a leader. You know, he, I think it was a, something about like he cried in a huddle or something like that. And some people were taking that as like, oh, he can't lead a football team, right? He's not a leader. Well, clearly that was obviously total BS. Uh, and, and I think a similar thing is happening here with Thibodeau where, you know, I, I, it's a whole larger discussion of, I think, the new generation of, of players coming out of the draft, I think NFL teams, at least the old guard, are going to have a difficult time adapting to these players who have more interest outside of football and who want to be more than just athletes, which good for them, they should. I think it's just something that, you know, if you have some grizzled scout who's been there for 40 years, the game has changed a lot. And if they're not adapting to not only off-field changes, but off-field changes, then you're going to have these reports come out where they're concerned that Kayvon Thibodeau has other interests outside of the NFL, that he has an interest in his future beyond being an athlete. And I think that's something we should commend, but not everyone is kind of up to speed to that yet. Kayvon Thibodeau ain't going to be Deion Jordan. Like, you know, just because he's an edge from Oregon doesn't mean he's going to be trash. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I apologize, Luke. I went on a rant there. You know I get fired up. Man. I just, it just drives me nuts. Like, come on, man. Like, if if uh, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut my mouth. <laughs> I was fired up about it too. Like, I I was worked up recently about the Kayvon Thibodeau thing. Like, at least like it was like three days ago. You could find a tweet. Uh, it did some numbers, and like I was just going at it with people and being like, "This is ridiculous." I was like, I was talking to Damian Parson of the Draft Network, and he was saying a similar thing about Herbert, Herbert, where he had people telling him that that Justin Herbert was, you know, like, "Oh, he's not a leader." And then he talked to his coaches and his teammates, and they're like, "I don't know what the hell this is about." Like, clearly, <laughs> the dude's a leader, you know. And that's and it's the same stuff with Thibodeau. Nobody has a bad thing to say about him except these people who don't personally know him and it's not like I don't I don't expect his coaches and teammates to come out and bash him that's not going to happen but they're kind of they've taken every opportunity to just deny this stuff and be like well this is a load of garbage clearly we're all armchair quarterbacks I get that man like and, and every one of us wishes we could be rich and do this 24 7 and everything and it's just like I listen to some of these people who get paid so much money to talk about this stuff and I'm like you don't know what the hell. Like, what are you watching? That can you can you give me the the channel that you're watching the same thing that I am? Because apparently I'm in like the the Marvel multiverse, and it's you know Kayvon Thibodeau is really you know I don't know. Because <laughs> all it takes all it takes is like a Todd McShay or a Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously those are great. They, great. they do great work. They're, they're great at what they do. But they're just being fed information from scouts and teams. And all it takes is a couple of scouts to tell them, hey, look, there's, this is how we feel personally about Kayvon Thibodeau, which people got to remember, 
scouts, their job is to, to analyze these players on the field, right? They're not psychologists. They're not, that's not what their specialty is. So if they're saying Kayvon Thibodeau might lack the motivation or might be a me-first guy, that's a human being saying that about another human being. That's not somebody who is specialized in that field in any way at all to be giving that critique. So people got to remember that as well. But all it takes is them telling Daniel Jeremiah, and now Daniel Jeremiah writes that an article or says it on air, and now you have thousands of people believing that Kayvon Thibodeau is a selfish, me-verse guy, and they all they know is just what this person said, right? And that's, that's how the line of communication goes. And it's, it's not right. I, I, I find it dirty. Even if it's a smokescreen, I find it dirty. But, you know, it's, it's the world we live in, and it's, that's how the draft process goes. It's, it's wild. <laughs> Do you think at uh, 10 there's any shot uh, if, if a wide receiver is already taken or all the good edge rushers are gone? Any chance that a corner goes to the Jets, like a Mard Gardner, uh, Derek Stingley maybe, Trent McDuffie? I think it's definitely possible. Uh, if, if Sauce Gardner, you know, if Ahmad Gardner is still there at 10 and they don't see the value there with the wide receiver or whatever, I, I can definitely see it. Like I said, they gave themselves the flexibility that they don't need to do that by, by signing DJ Reed. But from everything I know, even though Bryce Hall had a, a by all accounts, a fantastic season last year, given what was around him, they don't necessarily see him as a surefire starting caliber corner of the future. Uh, what it sounds like, they want him and Brandon Eccles to compete for that number two cornerback job. Now, if they can go out and get an Ahmad Gardner and, and pair him up with DJ Reed, and you have Hall and Eccles and, as your four with Michael Carter in the slot, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, and, you know, the, Robert Sala needs some more pieces on that defense. That defense was really, really bad last year. Uh, if they do do that, I'd imagine they would have to take a wide receiver at, uh, you know, one of those two second-round picks. They, they do need to add another wide receiver at some point, and I believe they will. Uh, it, just, it just depends where. But I, I don't think corner is out of the question, no. Uh, let's, let's, let's not forget, too, that, you know, 2006, and this is way off topic, but Jonathan Gavoni, who's now with ESPN, thought Adam Morrison was the sure pick over LaMarcus Aldridge for the Blazers at number two. And did Adam have, Morrison. That was a good thing. Adam Morrison. Wow. And that god-awful mustache. <laughs> ah! College basketball legend, Adam Morrison. I just, I obviously, it, all I think of is just the, the, the gif of him crying, the video of him crying, and now oh. I feel bad about that. But <laughs> I, I will never forget when he showed up at Kobe's last game and, and we're watching it, we're like, who the hell let Adam Morrison here? And he's like trying to high five right. people and they're like kind of just waving at him. And like, he's like the kid that smells and they don't want him near him. And I'm like, man, Adam Morrison, get out of here, dude. What are you doing here, man? He, he, is only legend, he is only a legend on the campus of Gonzaga. That, that is the only story <laughs> he's a legend. He, he's a star oh. there, but if he leaves, he's just Adam. That's all he is. Oh my God. Justin, man, it's, it's a pleasure. I, uh, I love chatting with you about, about the Jets and everything with it. We have, we have so much more to discuss, uh, I'm sure, here. Um, as, as I kind of mentioned earlier, uh, April 26th, we're, we're trying to set up a live on-air draft on the show with writers representing every team. I'll have more details later as we go, but if we can tie you in, I'd love to have you come on in before and then for the Jets, man. Um, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see people mad at who took what pick. But uh, uh, before we let you go, plug everything one more time for all of our great listeners so they can get all of your great content. Yeah, man. 
course. Uh, well, yeah, you could follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Free. There may or may not be future Kayvon Thibodeau discourse there. It's already been in the past. You can look through my timeline or my, my past tweets. Uh, you can find some stuff I write at the, the jetpress.com or ebonybird.com if you're interested in the Ravens. Uh, you know, I don't know why you would have listened to that whole segment if you are, but if you are, then go for it. Uh, and, yeah, follow the Jet Press on Twitter at, at the Jet Press and at Ebony Bird. I think it's Ebony underscore Bird. You'll find it. Look up Ebony Bird. You'll find it. It's a weird name, I know. Um, but, yeah, appreciate you guys. <laughs> what, an, what an outro. I appreciate you guys. I, no, time. I love it, man. I love it. you got to keep it wild. It's the way to do it. And you got to have fun with it. Damn it, we did. I still am never going to get over this Thibodeau stuff. I hope I'm right and he gets picked before it. Anyway. I, I hope so, too. Believe me, I, I think I hope even more than you that he's picked it for. <laughs> I Justin, hope he's picked at 12. <laughs> yeah, he's only oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. You can have to be a hundred. Oh, man, if he falls to 12, oh, man. No. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> the only person I want to see instead of Kayvon Thibodeau at 12 is Kyle Hamilton. It's Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That would be another three fall. We're covered. You need, you, need like, you need like Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, and Matt Corral to go top ten if that's going to happen. <laughs> I see that. Hey, it's going. Uh, Luke, Luke's mock draft may surprise you in about a half hour. So <laughs> <laughs> that being said, Justin, man, it's a pleasure. I'll be in touch about that draft stuff. And thanks again, man. Of course. Appreciate you guys having me on. Coming out talking some heat there with us. We enter hour number two. Let me hit that button. Carlos, what's going on, my dude? Carlos, you hear me? If there's a, if you see a, a little microphone on your screen, click that button to unmute yourself. See if this works. We got him on here. We got, we're, we're, we're gonna get right into it. Let me, let me send him a little bit of them DMs. I click the mic button on screen and I should unmute. Will you send Man. me some DMs? That, that, hell no. Man, that Thibodeau, <laughs> I don't know why I got so damn fired up about that Thibodeau stuff, man. You getting heated over there. Are you sweating? Yeah. I like, are I your knees like, weak? Arms are heavy? There's vomit on your sweater already? God. <laughs> are you pacing? <laughs> <laughs> I just... Like, I try to not get too out of it at times, but it's just like, how the hell do you not see that this man is, like, a freak? I mean, he's a freak, isn't he? A freak of nature. Um, let me see. Oh, I see where he went. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to get him on here. Knees weak, arms are heavy. Just vomit on the sweater already. I don't think Thibodeau is going to fall past five, though, Ryan, so you won't have to worry about it. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I've seen some weird stuff on, this, on, the, um, on these mocks, man. It, I, I looked at a lot of stuff today while I was putting mine together, and I'm just, like, I've seen people that they have going number two to Detroit going in the second round. Like I've just I've seen things just all over the board. I just don't get it. Like, oh. this, 
<laughs> I thought you were getting kidnapped too right there. This like this draft isn't as wide open. Like we talked last year about how, how really good we thought this draft was gonna be. Do you really think like is this draft this year this wide open? I think it's unpredictable. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of, um, like Justin said, I think you're going to see a lot of trade downs possibly in that top 10. And I think you're going to see a lot of trade ups from that bottom half from the teams that have two picks. Cause you're, I mean, if you think about it, you got Philly who has three first round picks last week when we talked to, um, I forgot his name. Forgot his um, name, whatever. Wait, sorry, all right, what person? Sorry, I was just a Philly to, guy. Uh, Philly. Oh, uh, Hunter Douglas. Hunter. When we talked to Hunter last week, he said that he wouldn't be surprised if they traded. Hunter Doyle. Six. Excuse me. Yeah. Hunter Douglas is the wide receiver that used to play for the Falcons. Yeah, I, I just think you're going to see a lot of trades. I think you could see Philly trade up to that top ten to grab one of those edge rushers or corners. I think you can see Green Bay trade both of those late first round picks up to the. 10, like 10 to 15 to grab um, the best available wide receiver since they don't have Devontae Adams. Um, and and I think you could see like the Lions, possibly, the Texans, the Jets. The, you could see those two through five all trade down to get more draft capital because they all have another pick. You know, you got the Giants at seven, you got the Jets at 10, you got Houston at 13, you got the Lions at 32. So, I mean, even if they trade those picks, they still have a first-round pick to go grab a guy that would start for them most likely. Yeah. It's man, and and you know, I'll say this too, like, like when I um, oh bam, there we go. I, th- I think we're getting this figured out. My Rick couldn't. Um, I think too, it's it's one of those where. Yes, a lot of these teams have very similar needs in certain certain instances too early in the draft. Yeah. So there's just a lot of like, I could take this, but I could take that. That immediately this guy could drop there and go into there. I think we might have this. Carlos, you with us? Hey, how are, how are you guys hey! doing? Hey! Hello. Carlos. Yeah, yeah, we made it. You hey, sound talk? like you're sitting in the same damn room as us, sir. Oh, yeah. I've been trying for a while, but yeah, we, we, we managed it. <laughs> How are you guys Hell doing? Yeah. Oh, we're doing fantastic, man. We were we were um, we were just talking to uh, Justin Freed from the Jet Press, and he was he was he was anxious to hear the, the Jaguars talk coming up. Uh, you with, know what? Uh, you, you know what's really good. I remember last uh, the last time we tried to talk. Uh, freaking phone call didn't. Uh, I could barely hear you guys. And yeah, uh, you this time around, it's all. actually pretty good. Yeah, I, re- I remember you messaged you like I can hear your calls, but I couldn't hear you at all. And I was like, yeah, I'm telling you, man, this network just doesn't like us. Yeah, I, was, I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier. And you know, I I, I mentioned to Carlos we had uh, on WrestleCast we had Ho Ho Loon from Dragon Gate uh, coming to talk about his U.S. excursion, and and he was doing that from, from Tokyo. And I was like, oh my god, why didn't we just do this the whole time, dude? Because now it's damn near perfect. See, trial and error, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty clear. Yeah. So I'm excited to break into this here, uh, real quick, as I always love to do. Carlos, reintroduce yourself to all of our uh, listeners that that may not have heard last year when we talked to the Jaguars team. Well, this is Carlos Sanchez. I'm the managing editor at Black and Teal. 
we covered the Jaguars for fanside and minute media. So I think the easiest way to start this off is coming back again here, year two after Trevor Lawrence, number one pick still in tow. Is Aiden Hutchinson the guy going one, or is there a chance in the next month and a month and uh, you know six days that they switch it up and try something different than him? I don't think so. I mean, the the, the way uh, all the moves they made in free agency, they're basically telegraphing that they're going to take Hutchinson at number one. The thing is that they they apply the franchise tag on Cam Robinson, then they signed. Uh, and Brandon Sheriff, and they have Walker Little and Jawan Taylor. So I don't see where they would fit uh, Evan Neal. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it wouldn't make sense to to take Evan Neal number one just to have him sit on the bench. I mean, if we were talking about a second or third round pick, I mean, it would make sense, but we're talking about the the top pick in the draft. So, so yes, uh, and, and here's the thing, too. Instead of adding a pass rusher in the in, in free agency, they decided to add wide receivers, uh, Brandon Sheriff. Uh, the one area that, that, that they didn't address was pass rushers. So, yes, I think uh, they're basically telling everybody that they're going to draft Aidan Hutchinson. I don't know if you heard about Ryan's rant about, I don't know, five minutes ago about Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, man was sweating and pacing and open windows at his house. Um, any, any, is there any chance that Kayvon Thibodeau Look, still goes number one? I just cracked a beer, man. I'm so irritated. I know, yeah, definitely. I, I was listening to Justin. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I uh, even, though I, even though I hadn't locked in, uh, I was listening to the show. So, yes, I even saw that he advertised. <laughs> Ebony Bird. So, uh, you know what? I think so. I think so. He could be in the run. I think that, you know, every every draft or every other draft, there's uh, there's always uh, this one prospect that gets questioned because of the way he speaks, because he's got other interests. And um, and this one jury was Kayvon Stern. And I don't think that's fair. I mean, if you're going to evaluate him uh, – Evaluating based on what you see on tape, not the way he speaks or because he has other, uh, what would you say? Uh, it would be because football isn't his entire life. I, I think that happened to Trevor Lawrence last year when he said that he liked football, but his life didn't revolve around football. So I think uh, Kayvon is going through a similar situation this year. Uh, he could be in play, actually. I, I think uh, the Jaguars could throw a curveball at everyone and select Kayvon. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, we, I think uh, when it comes to the NFL, we should always expect unexpected, right? So so I think he could be in play. But based on the moves they made, yes, pass rusher is going to be at number one. You know, I, I'm going to definitely piggyback off of uh... – Luke's questions because damn it, you can't, I'm, that's I'm cheating. I, I I'm sorry, bro. I'm I'm Tom Brady and the hell out of this. I'm patriating this question. Uh, you know, cheaters always win. That's what Eddie Guerrero said too. So you know, lie, cheat, and steal. But damn it, am I crazy or like if you had if you had the first pick, Carlos, 
You take an Aiden Hutchinson, or would you take a Kayvon Thibodeau? Like, am I that far off on my Thibodeau take that I think I, – I truly think he will be better than Hutchinson? No. No, no, not at all. No, not at all. I think uh, – and that's the thing, though, that every single thing has a different big board. And uh, and some things may like uh, Hutchinson more than Kayvon, and the opposite is true. So, no, I don't think it's far-fetched. I would – I would question you if you if you said that George Karlaftis was worth it. <laughs> no, but I mean because he's he's very good. He's very good, but not in the same in the same level. So in that case, I mean, I would I would ask you why you you would think he would be the first number uh, the, the the top overall pick. But I don't I think like this it. is the case. And honestly, I think that K one is going to go in the top five. So. I mean, it's not as crazy as it seems. I mean, in fact, there was a time when Charlie Cross uh, of Mississippi State was seen as a potential number one pick. So, I mean, if you think, if you think about it, it's, it could be kind of a reach maybe for certain prospects, but not for Kayvon. So, I mean, he, he's a top five pick, definitely. And I think uh, he, he uh, what's his name? Um, uh uh-huh, never mind. Uh, but but the point is that uh yes, I, I don't think you are that that off in that assessment. Do you think there's any uh, chance let's well, shut up, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you think there do you think there's any chance that uh Jacksonville trades back in this draft? Uh earlier when we talked to Justin we, we spoke about how there's not that many blue chips in this draft. Do you think if the price is right they trade back to get more capital? Definitely. I mean but but that's the thing though. First you have to find a trade partner. And and honestly, I mean that that's going to be the the most difficult thing. Like who are you going to trade with? Like even the Giants or the Jets that have uh, two first round picks or even the Eagles, I mean they don't have a need to 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 move up to the first overall pick. So so even if they they get a few calls, I don't think they're going to get that much of a compensation. Actually um, I was checking social, social media earlier today, and somebody out of nowhere suggested that the Jaguars trade the first overall pick for Kyle Pitts. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, right? that's just, just brought in uh, Evan Ingram. That's the thing, though. It's like the most random trade ever. I mean, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but people were actually talking about it, so... So, yeah. so of course I wrote about it. I mean, why <laughs> would yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that's the thing, though. Out of nowhere, people. It, it, it was actually trending on Twitter. Jowers, Kyle Pitts, the uh, Kyle Pitts to the Jowers, something like that. So, I mean, that's I was actually surprised that. I was actually surprised that. Yeah. Um, because that's that's just. I, I'm with you. It doesn't make any sense. I think that's the issue with these teams trading down is there's there's nobody that really anyone want. I, I think aside Luke from Kyle Hamilton in your opinion, but I don't think there's anyone that like you really need to trade up for because anybody could follow this draft. That's did, right, Kyle Hamilton, my boy. <laughs> did, I, if, you, if you think about it, Kyle Hamilton should be a top three, top four pick. He's one of the most gifted athletes. And, hey, hey, uh, but, hey, but the hey, thing, Carlos, but the thing, say that yeah, against so, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, he should be a top three pick, but that's the thing. Uh, since 
since Killing safety me. is in a premium position, I mean, that, that, that's, like, that's like taking a kicker in the first round. I mean, you're not going to take a safety <laughs> in the top five. That, that, that's the comparison that comes to my mind. You're not going to take a safety with the top five pick. I mean, the, I only, reason the, 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 only, the only reason the Falcons took Kyle Pitts at number four last year was precisely because he was that good. But it's not often that you see safeties or, or tight ends go in the first top five. So when you saw this for the Kyle Pitts thing, did any uh-huh. any people or any Atlanta fans speculate on the reason, like, who they covet at number one that's worth Kyle Pitts? That's the thing. They were, like, the mercenary comment. Like, it was one of those fake profiles on Twitter. <laughs> it was one yeah, of those fake profiles on Twitter angry. that made up a rumor. But I guess it gained traction because then uh, – some beat writers and some fans were talking about it. I went to Facebook. I mean, honestly, I, I don't I, I don't check Facebook much, like to post pictures of my cats or dogs. Honestly, I just go to see what they're what what, what other people are talking about uh, football wise. So so I went to different chats and and there were actual conversations about the Jaguars trading for Kyle Pitts. But then wow. from the from from the from the I mean, there there were no concise reports. There, there were no credible reports. There are no reports. That's not likely going to happen. But but the thing is that even 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 if the even if the Falcons traded the Cal Pitts to the Jaguars, who are they going to get? I no, mean, like, if they want to get Hutchinson, they might as well stay put in. Uh, they might as well stay put at number eight and take Trevon Walker or Jermaine Johnson. I mean. Or if Thibodeau falls, I've, I've seen Thibodeau falling to eight. It, 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 I'm not giving you Kyle Pitts for Aiden Hutchinson when there's a chance I can keep him and take the guy I'd rather have anyway in Thibodeau. I feel like well, we that. Actually, actually, somebody said that as many as seven pass rushers could go in the in the top ten. I, I think that's a hot take. I mean, but they're going to be, there's going to be a run for pass rushers at least in the first round. So I wouldn't be surprised if, when everything is said and done, there are seven or eight pass rushers taken in the first round. So yeah. it doesn't. I mean, if you were going to trade for a quarterback, I mean, I, I I would totally understand it. This is not the year to move up to get a quarterback, and it wouldn't make sense to to trade to number one just to to take a pass rusher at oh, least this year. Trade and get one. God, well, I, and and yeah. that's the thing, though. Who's going to that's that's the thing, though. Who's going to move up? So so if anything, uh, if you get the chance to move down, uh, you're not going to get a premium package for that. Man, this draft is getting. We're you know we, me and Luke were talking about this here, and we were just like, no, we weren't. This. Well, I was. <laughs> I was talking to you about it. Like, you know, hell yeah, you came with some good answers, but it's just. This draft is just so weird. Like, I feel like there's quality players. I'm not saying there's not, but it's like nobody. It's it's like that random um, Eric Fisher year with the Chiefs, where it's like everyone's just kind of like, mm, I'm good where I am. I don't need to move higher. I don't need to do it. It's just it's an odd draft, and I, and I know. Man, you know what? That, 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 that's the draft I was thinking of when I was thinking of this year. But even even in that year, actually the. The Dolphins traded with the the Dolphins traded with the Raiders. Uh, they they move up to number three to get Dion Jordan, right? Yeah, and, the, and, and that's and that was my comparison earlier. Like, do people think that 
that Kayvon Thibodeau is Deion Jordan, that, like, if you take an Oregon pass rusher, he's a bust? Like, no. This guy, Deion Jordan? <laughs> what are you no, Absolutely not. Gosh, it's just, it's, it's a weird draft. It's a weird draft. And I think that's what, what, it, what intrigues me so much about it is it's just anything could happen. Like, you know, me and Luke do a mock draft every week, and we kind of update as, as the moves happen. And last week he said, I'm going to tell you right now, every one of my picks, but maybe one or two, might change every single week. Like, last year we had Trayvon Mulrig, every single pick to Jacksonville in their second pick in the first round. We said this is, this is the way things going to go every time. And this year and it's just like, it's so different. And, and this offseason feels different. I mean, the amount of moves out of nowhere that Jags made were wild. And and teams with the quarterbacks trading and this and that, like it, it's shaking up the landscape of this draft immensely where you really can't get a good read on. I think that would make, what makes it so entertaining. And, and I wanted to ask you about that. You know, Christian Kirk basically changed the game for wide receivers and money right now with what the Jaguars got him. What's the, What's the overall thought on, with, with your team and, and paying Christian Kirk, who arguably was the, was the two or maybe number three in Arizona, that kind of money? See, I think um, pleasures are worth what a team is willing to pay them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like, like, for example, somebody was criticizing or making fun of Say Jones for getting a three-year, $24 million deal. But, I mean, if you were offered the same opportunity, wouldn't you take it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're not talking about like twenty or fifty bucks more. We're talking about like like significant money. So, so I, I think uh, I, I, I think uh, if you put the price uh, aside, I think it's a good deal. I mean, of course, we cannot put the price aside. I mean, we have to we have to take the price tag into consideration. I think they overpay for him, but the way they 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 constructed the contract i think that they can they can um they can release him after three after two years and the cap ramifications are, aren't going to be that bad so so i mean definitely i mean there is no way to to sugarcoat it they overpay for him but if he can actually get the their, if he can actually score a few touchdowns and make their offense better i think that it's going to be a, a good investment and that's the thing though i mean it's too early to tell if it's going to be. It's too early to tell if it's a bad deal. If he if he plays well, nobody's going to complain about yeah. it. If he doesn't live up to it, so yes, at this moment the only thing we can say is that they overpaid for him. But uh, we will have to wait like one or two years to see whether it was a good investment. And Honestly, uh, and, uh, regarding the market, I don't think it's going to be affected. For example, uh, just uh, four or five days after the Jaguars signed Christian Kirk, uh, the Rams signed Allen Robinson for $46 million, I believe, three years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the thing, though. It, it's more of an outlier. I mean, other than Devante Adams or... The Andrew Hopkins. I mean, you're not going to see those kind of contracts often because even if players demand them, uh, teams uh, teams can sign someone that is willing to to accept their terms. So, so I don't think it's going to reset the contract. Uh, there, there aren't any signs at this moment that that's going to happen. It will have to maybe next year, but 
there was no direct impact after he signed the contract. Like, if you see other wide receivers, or uh, I, I think the fact that uh, Chris Godwin and uh, Michael Gallup were coming off injuries, I mm-hmm. think that uh, that affected the market too. But 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 no, I don't think there's a there's going to be a, a big impact in the in the market at least now. And that's fair too. That's kind of more of a, a quarterback thing where. Every every quarterback contract seems to try to up the next quarterback, so that that's a fair take, you know. And, and, and with that, I'm not sure on your guys' cap situation. I apologize, I didn't dig in deeper before we had John. But is there any other kind of cap friendly type players that you could see this team still bringing in before the draft, or do you think it's kind of we got a roster set? We're going to go into the draft, or we're going to fill the holes that we need with what we have available in this draft. I mean, they, they could make, I mean, with, with good uh, accounting, they can make one or two signings that they have around $14 million in cap space. So, I mean, they, they, they can actually squeeze another signing. But, I mean, I don't think uh, – they basically address most of their positional needs. So, they can wait until the draft to address them. Uh, I think they should – I think they should sign a running back. There's still plenty, I think uh, – Cordarrelle Patterson and Jim Connors are the only ones that have signed, right? Yeah, I believe he he just – and it was like two days ago he went back, I think. It was really recent. Yeah, the the market for running backs is pretty deflated. So, I mean, there there are still plenty of quality backs out there. I was thinking of Melvin Gordon. uh, What's his name? Marlon Mack. So, uh, Sonny Michelle, I think, is still available. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so, so if anything, I think they should add another running back. Uh, the thing is that Travis Etienne is coming off a Liz Frank injury. He's going mm-hmm. to be back, but uh, but I think he's the only running back under contract besides James Robinson, who he, I mean, he's coming off an injury too. Uh, he's coming off a torn Achilles. So, so I think uh, they need to sign somebody else just in case. I think one of the well, one of the highest the, the, one of the highest moments of the offseason was was when the Jaguars released Carlos Hyde. I think everybody was mm. happy, but the <laughs> thing is that they they, they have they have no at this moment they don't have any depth whatsoever. So and what? the fact that ETN and Robinson are coming off injuries, yes, they need to either sign a running back or draft a running back. Did ATN even take a snap in the preseason last year? I think three, I believe. Like two yeah, I, I knew was it was very which, – which, and that also makes it tough because you really – I mean, you can assume what you have. You had, you know, as we talked about with you last year, it, it made a lot of sense that they took, you know, Trevor Lawrence's one of his main weapons in Clemson. So you, you put them together because they know each other. It makes sense, but – you truly don't know what you have yet, transfer you to an NFL level. And on top of that, now you still don't know what you have in the guys coming in off an injury. That's a, that's a good thought. You know, you may need another back. That's a really good take. Do, do you think yeah. they grab a oh, – you can go. No, 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 tell me. Yeah. I was just going to ask, do you think on day two they grab someone like uh, – like a kid from Michigan State, Kenneth Walker, I think his name is, or uh, James Cook from Georgia, or something like that. I, I think they should wait until the third or fourth round, precisely because of the supply of running backs. I mean, uh, they have other needs. Uh, let's say that they they take uh, 
Aiden Hutchinson at number one. I think they should take a wide receiver at number two. But in the third round, they they they, they have to they have to third round picks because of the trade. They traded C.J. Henderson to the Panthers last year in exchange for Dan Arnold, but they also got a third rounder. So, so if anything, I think they 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 should wait until the third or fourth round, maybe even fifth, based on the depth of the class. But yes, yeah, they can they, they can absolutely wait to draft a running back. What do, what do you, you know? You mentioned adding another weapon with another wide receiver after just signing a couple, which. I'm I'm kind of in that boat too. I don't think there's anything wrong with adding weapons, especially when you got a young quarterback that you think is your future and you want to line up with what you can. Any thought about in that you know first pick in the third round, 65th pick, grabbing a guy like Justin Ross from Clemson who's played with them and just I guess recreate Clemson 2.0, Steve. Yeah, I, I can actually see it. I mean, and he's not a bias uh, or anything like that. I mean, Justin Ross is good. I think uh, last time I checked, he could go as high as the second round. So, I mean, if they really wanted to take a wide receiver, I don't see why they shouldn't take him at, uh, at, uh, in the second round. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of people a lot of people mocking Abraham Lucas, the tackle from Washington State there, at 33. But, uh, huh. yeah, I I am with you. I'm not, look, look we, we had talked about this last year. We, we – we had kind of thought, you know, why not take Penny Sewell in Cincinnati to protect Joe Burrow? And in the long run, the Super Bowl told us that they should have protected him because he got smoke showed by Aaron Donald there. But we can't forget the fact that they wouldn't have gotten there probably without taking that weapon in Jamar Chase. So sometimes you just got to do it. I, I agree with you, man. I, I, think, I think getting more things to make your quarterback familiar is a damn good idea. No, but, but 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 if you think about it, it's not as if they're neglecting the offensive line either. Mm-hmm. They brought back Cam Robinson. They signed Brandon Sheriff. So uh, they have Walker Little, which uh, who had a pretty good uh, ending to the to the rookie year. I mean, he played well. Actually, I would like to see him in the starting in the starting lineup in 2020. Uh, yeah, 2022. <laughs> I forgot what year we were in. <laughs> It happens happens every now and then, but yeah, I would I, I would like to see uh, Walker Little take the field in this in this season, but uh, but but it's not as if they're neglecting one position to the other. I, I think that's the advantage of being bad. I mean, if you if you want to look at the upside, is that they didn't have many key players to resign, so mm-hmm. so they have a plethora of draft picks and cap space too. To add plenty of talent, so, so I think uh, they put an emphasis on the offensive line in free agency. They should now get some weapons. Plus, they got Ivan Ingram too. Actually, I, I would have liked them to to target someone like Dalton Schultz or or Zach Ertz, but they were gone by the time free free agency started. So, so I think they they did the, they did the right thing when they signed. Even Ingram. Yeah, well, and, and Ingram, if he can stay healthy, he's proven he's been a weapon. And you know, I know people were like, "Oh, he had a bad last little bit of a little bit of a play." Well, I mean, his quarterback was trash in New York, so I, <laughs> I don't really, 
I, I more give Danny, Danny Dimes the issues over Ingram, but that's a whole other topic for another day. Um, Carlos, as we wrap up, I got to ask you one more question here before we let you go. Yeah, of course. What, what is the thought process now, Doug Peterson at the helm? You know, we talked last time about the splash they made at coach and it showed it didn't work, you know, I mean, kicking players the whole night. It's just a, it just—it was Urban Meyer. It was a good idea, I think. And I—I I, I know some people didn't like it, but I commend them for taking a risk. And you know, you know, the cons taking a chance with them. And and I'm a guy who follows Tony Khan a lot, being you know he runs AEW. And I'm a big wrestling yeah. mark, so I, I follow a lot of the Jaguar type of stuff because I just get to see it with all the behind the scenes stuff I watch with the cons, but. You know, it, it it just didn't pan out. Doug Peterson's the guy. Is is there any optimism that Doug Peterson's going to kind of make this a, a a better locker room and a better team and and kind of just what was your whole thought on the whole coaching situation and change? Well, well, see, I, I wasn't on board with Meyer, to to be honest, but uh, but you try to be optimistic. I mean, well, not yeah. optimistic, but but you you try not to be a boomer. I mean. It's, it's not even healthy. I mean, if you let those kind of things affect you, I mean, it's not really cool. So, I mean, I wasn't on board with Meyer, but I, well, okay, I was hoping it was going to work out. It didn't. I think he was more interested in in going to, to nightclubs and twerking than, <laughs> than, actually, uh, the, 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 than coaching, right? So, and, and I think that uh, the one that was the most affected was Trevor Lawrence. I mean, there were reports about... Uh, about the team not having direction, about uh, the coaching stuff that he hired and him clashing about the kind of offense they wanted to have. He's like, dude, you hired those guys because you trust them. I, I mean, why would you clash with them? So so, so I think uh, I, I don't want to – I mean, I'm not the kind of guy that said I was right or I was the first to say it. Uh, from the very beginning, like November, December, I wrote about the Jowers getting on the phone with Doug Peterson. I think it's a, it's refreshing. I think one of the things you want to, to see in your bosses, I mean, you want someone that is intense. You want someone that is demanding, but you also want someone with, with emotional intelligence, someone who is highly intelligent in that regard because not all the players are the same. I mean, so, so some of them, I mean, and this applies for any workplace that you can think of. This can apply for, this applies to a grocery shop, a corporate. I mean, everybody's different. Uh, so some people, uh, so some people like to be pushed. They need to be pushed. Uh, others, you need to be a little more, you, you have to have a little more tact. And I think that Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson knows how to, calibrate his approach he knows how to talk to players so and the fact that he's already won a super bowl i think that 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 says a lot it's not as if he's trying to invent the wheel i mean he he's got a proven track record he did a good job developing carson wentz i think mm-hmm. uh i think uh well, now, now there are reports that that carson wentz didn't like her coaching but I think that if he had been more coachable, I think he he, he wouldn't be in the situation he is. But that shouldn't follow uh, that shouldn't follow uh, Doug Peterson. So 
So going back to your original question, I think that there's reason for optimism. Even Trent Balk is even Trent Balk is behaving, and I think that, that they seem to be on the same page, even though even though there's a the consensus is that Trent Balk is toxic. So I think that and and that's the thing. I think that sometimes we we tend to paint people as good or bad, right? <laughs> I mean, we try to to we 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 tend to see things in absolutes. So so I'm not trying to say that Trent Balk is a great manager. He his track record isn't great. He he doesn't have a great um, reputation around league circles. But the fact that he and the Peterson can can work together, I think that's the, the most important thing. And and if they can show progress in the they should, and if they can show progress in year one, I think that there should be plenty of reason for optimism in Jacksonville. It's it's going to be interesting. You know, it's only up, I think, from here on the team. But, you know, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a fun team to watch regardless of what happens, especially, you know, if you, you get Justin Ross and then you get another Clemson guy. Um, but it'll be cool. It'll be cool. I, I'm optimistic, and, and we'll see where it turns out. Uh, Carlos, plug everything once again you got for all of our listeners where they can read you. Check everything out if they want to interact the whole nine yards, sir. Oh, sure, definitely. Thank, thank, thanks for having me in. And just you can find my work on blackandteal.com. Uh, it has the same name on Facebook, Black and Teal. Uh, on Twitter or Twitter handle is at Black and Teal. And right there, you can see all my info. The same, I think uh, I, I don't have a big uh, social media presence. I think uh, I don't think nobody's going to be interested in me. Look, uh, if, if you uh, want to read Jaguars, if you go on blackandteal.com, there's seven articles that front the main page all from Carlos. This man has the knowledge and the writing. Like he, I, We were looking at it yesterday and we're like, damn, he's got like 14 articles just sitting here on the main page before anybody else. We're like, let's go. Like, he is in tune with this team. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Yes, I think... Uh, See, see, uh, I started covering the Jaguars a couple of years ago, and I think that's the thing. You you get hooked, you get kind of attached to a team, even though, even if you don't root for them, I think that you 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 invest so much that you want to see them thrive. You no, know? you want to see them. I try not to let. I try not to. I, I think as fans, it's natural for us to to get frustrated when a team wins or loses. I try mm-hmm. not to let that happen to me, but. I think the 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 bright side is that it makes all the winning better, which didn't happen often last year or the year before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but but I think I think that makes the, the all the winning sweeter when it happens. It's about to happen, and well, Carlos, man, thank you so much. I'm glad we I'm glad we figured out the conundrum for the interview. This worked fantastic. We all could hear each other. This was this was brilliant, beautiful. Which is why we went way over time that we planned because they haven't, we're having a good time. Um, as I've said to everyone that we've had on so far this, this last couple of weeks, uh, April 26th, I'm trying to put together a giant um, writers only on air mock draft. I'll have more details as we go, but I'd love, love to have you come on and, and start us off with the number one pick and who you would take with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'll be in touch to see if we can get that set up for you, man. 
Yeah, no, of course, of course, we'll be in touch. I mean, anytime you, I mean, I, I actually have fun coming in. So, I mean, I would love oh, to yeah. be back. And I'll let you know if I go to the AAA yeah. event. By the way, it, it, like, and this is, you know, obviously this is a sports guest. Luke, give me, give me 30 seconds to get this out of my system. Uh, we'll, we'll be go talking this a little bit later, uh, probably the week before on WrestleCast. But uh, Triple Mania Monterey, April 30th, 2022. This card is stacked. I was talking to Carlos about it. He might go to it. They're running a Roulette de la Muerte roulette-style tournament where four matches, the four losers advance the tournament instead of the winners with the eventual loser later on in the year getting their head shaved or masks removed, you know, similar to the Apuesta-style matches where something's going to get taken. Uh, Carlos might go to this, but, man, Ultimo Dragons work in Pentagon L.A. Park, Milano 4, Blue Demo Jr., Rayo DiDolesco Jr., Psycho Cloud, and Canic. I mean, these tournament matches are bangers. And then random six-person six tag, Payano, Bandito, Taya Valkyrie against Andrade. You know Andrade, Luke. Cibernetico. Um, do, do you guys know Cibernetico, guys? Yeah, Cibernetico, Diana Peraza, love it. Like, like, this is going to be good. Like, this is... This was, uh, Johnny, Johnny Mundo, who's Johnny's superstar, is tagged with Black Taurus uh, against Dragon Lee and Jalistico, uh, Supresa and Laredo Kid in a, in a three-way tag. Like, there's some good-ass shit on this show. <laughs> I'm, like, hyped for this. My God. Yeah. Yeah, I was, actually, I was actually telling Ryan that I'm a casual. I'm not a big fan of wrestling. I mean, I do enjoy a good match, but... It's not as if I go every weekend, but I mean this one is worth it. I mean, I was checking the lineup and yes, show like top to the, and they're gonna run another one of those crazy Marvel Lucha Libre matches where they have like, you know, like Black Taurus is is Venom and they had uh, I think it was um, uh, I can't think of his name. Mil Muertes was was Thanos and Laredo Kid was or no it was it was um. Leo Rush was Spider Man, and they have this like partnership with Marvel. They do all these wacky Marvel matches. <laughs> I, this card looks sick. I am all in. The only thing that bugs me is um, when Nueva Generacion Dinamita um, defected from CMLL to join AAA, and they started that feud with Poder del Norte. That six man feud has been like my go to with. Tito Santana and and Carter Brava and all those dudes against uh, Forstero, Sanson, and and uh, Quatrero. Like that six man rivalry has been great over the last six months, and I was really open for a payoff. But then I saw Bikino and Phoenix against the Young Bucks, and I went, "Well, that's got match of the year written all over it." <laughs> yeah, yes, it does actually. Oh, so if you yeah, if you go to that show. <laughs> I'm going to need pictures. I'm going to need videos. I'm going to need sounders introducing WrestleCast Radio from all the talent. Like, you're, you're going to be our, like, hidden correspondent going in there. We're going to, we're going to figure that out. I'm, I'm yoked for that. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> but I'll be in touch with you coming up here in a little bit about the 26th. And, Carlos, thanks so much for coming on, man. I'm glad we were able to, to sit down and, and, and chat some Jags, and we'll talk soon again, all right? You know, thank you for having me, and we'll be in touch, of course. Hell yeah. Thank you, sir. Carlos Sanchez coming in. Oh, 
Luke, how much better was that than than what we tried before? It was a hundred times better, Ryan. Are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm laying down on my couch, getting all cozy underneath the blankies. Are you kicking your legs around? Yeah, like you <laughs> with my socks <laughs> on. <laughs> no, I don't have no socks on. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I, I know you're not like, like, I know you like wrestling, but this Triple A card is just holy shit. This thing is stacked. I saw this at like seven o'clock tonight, and I was like, oh my lanta. So yeah, like, like I was saying, and then I'll, and I'll get off it. But they're doing this thing called the Roleta de la Muerte, and it's yeah. it's a it's an eight man tournament, and the loser advances in the bracket instead of the winner. And then so like my my guess is is Blue Demon will probably lose, maybe Volano loses, Pentagon will lose because they won't re bring in Ultimo, and maybe Cycle Clown just for the the sake of like having names in it because it's weird because you figure you got to have the losers advance but you still got to put names in there so people come back to watch it. Yeah. And I think it gets down to like two big names like Cycle Clown and like Pentagon. And I could be crazy and it'll be like in a place to style where Penta loses his mask or Cycle Clown gets his head shade type thing or loses it. Like I don't know how they're going to do it but it's so essentially, as it keeps going, there's like some kind of a stipulation where the loser, basically, you went 0-3 in this tournament, you're getting your head shaved type thing. That's tight. It's a cool concept, too. Like, that's what I like about it, so. We should shave your head. No, man, I've grown my hair out for like eight months now, man. On air. Like, it's getting long, radio. man. It's getting long. Y'all see it on uh, Pro Wrestling Summit? My, my hair's getting long. Uh, we got a, we got a few minutes left here. We can speed through our draft here, but first, before we rush through that, Luke, I gotta I gotta hit you with something that that is one of my personal favorites. And I didn't have it planned, but we didn't have it planned last week, and then we came in with it. And I kind of get I kind of gave you a layup, bro. But but right now, right now. WrestleCast gives yourself 10% off all your supplements, energy drink needs, the works to carry over there. Luke, I did kind of have a, a pretty decent layup. When I say pretty decent layup, I think you could easily nail at least, at least half of these. I think I think you will be able to go at least five, five of the ten, maybe more. We'll see. Are you ready, Luke? Hold on. Yes. He's getting his cheating device ready, apparently. I'm not. I, I didn't know we were doing this, so now I'm trying to find one. I, I just did it on a whip. This was on a whip. You don't even have to have one for me if you don't. That's fine. I thought we were keeping track. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, I, I don't remember where I had that written down. Well, you better didn't we both go Didn't we both go three three out of ten we got last yeah. week? Yeah, I think okay. so. So we're both at three. That's what I kind of thought. Okay. I'll wait to um, hear what yours is because I don't want to go too hard. Okay, so I'm going NBA, National Basketball Association. All right, sweet. And 
I want you to tell me how many of the last 10 years you can name the number one pick in the draft. So, oh. so from 2021 <laughs> to 2012. How, I, look, you, you laugh, but I think you could nail one, two, three, four, I five. I think oh, seven God. of these you can do. Oh, this is gonna be ho- this is gonna be horrible. I'm gonna be honest with you, Ryan. I don't even remember last year. Really? I truly no, thought just, you'd get at least I'm just, seven of these. I'm just joking. Uh, well, there's Aunt Edwards. Yeah, that's one. Uh, Cade Cunningham. That's two. Those are the last two years, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, now I'm uh, Carl Anthony Towns. That's three. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna keep naming Timberwolves players. I got. <laughs> Uh, since when? 2012. I'm going to go Andrew Wiggins. That's four. Tight. See? I told you. There's three that I don't think you'll get, but I That's think you so can get bad. up to seven. Uh, Zion Williamson. That's five. Correct. Um, what years am I missing? Um, you're missing 2012, 2013, 2016, 2017, and 2018. Um, God, I can't even think of anyone. Well, you already got five, so you've already hit, you're already halfway, which is great. Yeah, you've already almost doubled last week, and last week was NFL, which is in your wheelhouse. Oh <laughs> shoot! I keep thinking I, I, players that were in the drafts of the people. Like I keep thinking like R.J. Barrett, but he was in the draft oh, that yeah. that Zion was in, and I keep thinking Ja, who was in that draft, but uh. I thought that uh, Mar- Marvin Bagley. Uh, that is your first strike. Wasn't he the first pick? Uh, no, he was not the first pick. What pick was he? It, uh, he went three, or he went two to Sacramento because they took him over Luca. That's that, well, that's why I was like, I thought he went one. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I missing the first round draft pick from that draft class? Um, God, was he, I think he was this year. No, that's the John Morant draft. Um, yes, I believe you are missing the number one. Yes, you're missing the number one. Because Marvin, yeah, Marvin went two and Luca went three. God, I'm not going to guess. Um. Look, you've got five no matter what. You already, I think, did better than you thought you were going to do. I know. Um, I'm just trying to think of teams that are really bad, and I can't. Oh, uh, fuck, DeAndre Ayton. Yep, that was who was that year. That's number one. That was your six, number six. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to think of teams that were bad. Um, was like Jason Tatum one? He was not. Okay. Um, Tatum went third in this draft that you're missing. Okay. <clears throat> um, ooh, this is hard. I'm, I'm just going to have to guess, I think, because I don't know any. Hey, you got know. six. That's still oh. double what you got out of NFL on that one. I feel one of them's got to be a center for some weird reason, but maybe not. Uh, and one's not, it's not Chris Stops. He was like third or fifth. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to throw out, uh, um, 
Andre Drummond for some weird reason. Uh, so you got six. That's still good. Um, one of these, I think you'll be mad that you didn't get. Um, 2017, the Jason Tatum draft. That was Markel Fultz. Yeah, I would have guessed that. So. was a bust. 2016, trust the process. The Sixers took Ben Simmons. Well, yeah, I would have never. I didn't even think about him. I thought you were going to get Simmons. Um, 2013, you missed the biggest bust in draft history, arguably, Anthony Bennett. See, I didn't, I thought about him, but I thought he was earlier. And then 2012, number one overall was Anthony Davis. Oh, yep, I, that one I'm going to be a little upset about. <laughs> <laughs> but you got six, I thought you would have got seven. Um, what do you got for me, three strikes? All right, and then we're going to go NBA. Okay. Well, then I got to type it in. I know what I want to do. I just got to type it. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I got to count down. I don't know how to count, Ryan. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, okay, so this one's going to be a little weird, but are you ready? The last ready. 10. So, like, the same thing. So, from last year, to the 2021 to 2020. 2020 to 2021 season, scoring titles by year. Score, so, like, the player who had the most points? Points, yep. In the regular season only. like. Ooh, so there's going to be some doubles, right? Yeah, you're going to have – there is a couple doubles, but you got to guess the year. Oh, I got to guess the year, too? Well, you can't be, like – one of these dudes is on this list fucking like five times. Yeah. Okay. Well, that uh, the year that's hard. Because I'm gonna know players, but I'm not gonna know the years. All right. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. I thought this was gonna be more diverse, but it is not. Like, because like I was gonna say like James Harden, but I don't remember what he, if it was like 2018. Or... Oh, he's he's on this list like 15 times. <laughs> Uh, I thought you were going to hit me with, like, all right, you said number one. You got to answer every number two overall pick ever. I'll just do it if you want to. You want me to do the number two pick? No, I would not expect you to do that. If you want to do the number two pick, uh, okay. That was stupid, too. No, I think I can let's nail just, it, too. Let's just do this. Hold on. What's your favorite college? Oh, God, I really don't have one. College football, um, to be precise. My favorite college football team I don't know anything about. Uh, well, what's your favorite big like big college football team? I probably know more. Of, oh God, it's this. I guess just give me one because like my favorite college football team is Georgia Tech, probably because of Megatron. But I couldn't tell you shit about Georgia Tech, other than Ro- Roman Reigns went to school there. Right, we'll do we'll do my favorite college f- football team then. I, I how about I give you every number one NHL draft pick since 1990? No, I don't believe because I know you know that. Like, <laughs> that was like when I challenged Kyle. I was like, I can name every Stanley Cup winning team in order, and I did it. And he walked out of my house when I did it, right in front of his face. All right, hold on a second here. And. and you know, we can always skip it, come back next week, and I just don't give you one. 
No, we're doing it right now. Um. All right, here we go. Hold on a second. I think I got it. I think I got it. Holy Christ. All right. Um. All right. Who are the last ten Ohio State players to be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft? Oh God. Um, Justin Fields. Yep. So that was the only one from last year. Um, Jeff Okuda. Yep. Holy shiitake mushrooms. Um, well, it, it dates back to 20, the 2017 draft is how far back it goes, if that helps. Joey Bosa? Um, that is your first strike. He was one in the 2016 draft. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is correct. He's from the 2019 draft. Um... Damn. J.C. Horn, or was he Alabama? He's actually uh, North Carolina. so I'm uh, not North Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina, so that's your second strike. Uh, I don't know this shit, man. Um, Ezekiel Elliott? That is your... That is your third strike. He is also part of the Joey Bosa draft. Damn. I teed you up with an easy one. You hit me. I'm going to come at you next time. Like, name me the last 10 Utah players taken. Let's go. I got it right here. There's only been one. Case Keenum. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, baby. How many did I so, get? Two or three? Three. You got three. So you, you got, got Justin. You got, Fields, Bosa, and um, Okuda. So you're going to slap your for a lot of these. I expected <laughs> you, I'm not going to lie. I expected you to get all of them except for maybe, th- maybe three or four. Maybe three or four. And that's uh, so maybe. What did I, what did I so You got Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got Jeff Okuda. Mm-hmm. You missed Chase Young. Oh, uh, there was Damon Arnett, who Vegas took, and then he got arrested. Um, uh, you got Nick Bosa, but you missed a Dwayne Haskins. Oh, Haskins, I should have got. Uh, and then there was Denzel Ward from 2018. Okay. And then the center, Billy Price, to Cincinnati in 2018. Okay. And then in 2017, I actually only needed one of them from 2017. They had three. Uh, there was Marshawn Lattimore, Malik mm. Hooker, and Garen Conley, who also I, the Raiders took as a corner from last. Damn, I did terrible. I man, you got you gotta you gotta hook me up next week. <laughs> Uh, I'll give you a. I'll I'll research it better so I can give you a. <laughs> I this was like I said this was a spur of whim moment thing. Um, we should run through our mocks real fast. We don't really need to describe it too much. I'm gonna describe you. Um, so uh, a couple things stay the same, but but I did have some some changes. Number one, I had Ada Hutchinson again. 
I had Aiden Hutchinson number one to Jacksonville as well. That was a change uh, for me. I I actually now this might this might be surprising, but I'm still going Drake London too. I went Kyle Hamilton too. <laughs> I went Trayvon Walker then to Houston. I went Kayvon Thibodeau to Houston. Oh, nice. Uh, Evan Neal for the Jets. Same thing. Uh, Iki Aquanu for the Giants. Same thing. Charles Cross for the Panthers. I have a trade. First trade. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, shit. I have Carolina trading to the Eagles to get Derek Stingley Jr. Wow. What did, they, what did you give up? I gave up. So Carolina gets the 15th and the 19th for the sixth pick. Okay. Um, Giants, I have Kayvon Thibodeau. I have Trayvon Walker. Uh, Falcons, Jermaine Johnson. Same thing. Seattle, I have Ahmad Gardner. I have a trade. Uh-oh. I have Uh-oh. Seattle trading with the Packers for Garrett Wilson. And then I have the Packers trading both their first round. Both, like, it's like 21 and 28 for uh, number nine. <laughs> Thanks. So, theoretically, by moving back, Seattle's not going to get a quarterback, in in my opinion, by you doing that. But we'll see Maybe. where you have it. Um, I have the Jets taking Kyle Hamilton at 10. I have the Jets taking Sauce Gardner. Uh, then I got Jamison Williams to, to Washington, Washington, now that they got Carson Wentz. I have Trent McDuffie going to the, the, the whatever. I got the uh, Vikings taking Derek Stingley. I have the Vikings taking Jordan Davis. That's tight, though. Uh, Houston, Garrett Wilson, 13. I have Houston taking Charles Cross, offensive tackle. Uh, 14, I have Jordan Davis. So, 14, I have David <laughs> Ajabo still going for someone to put on their bench for a year. I, I like... I agree, man. There was a lot of times that I still took Oyabo. Because, yeah. like, I I understand he had that injury. He might not play the week six from what I heard. Yeah. But we talked about it last week. This dude's a different type of cat, man. He's he, If you need an edge rusher, he's going to get that job done. Agreed. And it's, it's whether you just see past that or not, but Oyabo can, he can play, man. Yeah, I think he'll fall a little because of the injury, but I still think mm-hmm. he goes in the first round. Um, Eagles, I have Trent McDuffie at 15. So I have Carolina here with that trade, and I have him taking Kenny Pickett, quarterback. Pickett. Um, Eagles, I have Tyler Lindbaum at 15. I have, I have the Eagles here with Drake London. Ooh, nice. Hell, that's a – man, you pair him up with DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Uh, Chargers, I have uh, grabbing another tackle for Herbert. I have Trevor Penning. I have Trevor Penning as well. Uh, 18, I have the Saints taking Kenny Pickett. I have him taking Jamison Williams. Uh, 19, I have George Karlaitis going to Philly. So Carolina gets this pick with that trade again, and I have him taking Tyler Linderbaum to protect their new quarterback. And then, which I think is a lock if he's still there, uh, 20, Malik Willis going to Pittsburgh. Uh, I wanted to put Malik Willis here, but I think that they're just going to roll with Mitch Trubisky and wait until next year, and I have him taking Devontae Wyatt. Uh, 21, I got Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson going to the Pats. Same thing. Uh, 22, I have the Packers taking Traylon Burks. 
So Seattle gets this pick, and this is where my boy Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Goes. <laughs> Arizona 23, David Oyabo. I have fallen there to replace Chandler Jones. I went the same position, but I gave him George Karloftis. Karloftis? Yeah. Um, I have Dallas going safety again from Georgia Lewis Sine. I have him taking Traylon Burks. Mm. Uh, Bills, I have taken Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. I have him taking Perion Winfrey. <laughs> Titans, I have Zion Johnson from Boston College. I got Nicobe Dean, linebacker. Now, that's what I had last time. We said that was going to be like our lock pick. Yeah. And I don't know, something about it, I was just like, man. And I went that way. But I, I, I regretted it after, and I feel like I'm going back to Nicobe Dean next week. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay, I've taken Kyrie Elam from Florida. I have Tampa Bay and Tom Brady praising Jesus that Chris Olave stayed this long. <laughs> I got Green Bay then taking Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. So I have Seattle here, which was part of that trade, and I have him taking Boye Mafe, edge from Minnesota. <laughs> and then Miami going, thanks for skipping Tampa. I have the Dolphins taking Chris Olave from Ohio State. I have the Dolphins taking Devin Lloyd. At 30, I got the Chiefs taking Kobe Dean. I have him taking uh, Kair Elam, corner. Uh, Bengals, which we talked about. I think this is – this one is one of my no-brainers. I just don't know what player is going to go there, but based off my board, uh, Nicholas P- uh, pettit Frayer from Ohio State, offensive tackle for the Bengals. I have him taking Zion Johnson. And then I have the Lions once again taking Matt Corral. No, they're taking Desmond Ritter, and the only reason you have Matt Corral going there is because you're hoping he stays for the Vikings. No, no, no. Where's my my goddamn soundbite? Where'd that go? Hold on. This is... This is what I'm saying when you when you tell me that. This is what I have to say. Come on. No! No! Not even, not even true. That is true. It's 100% no. true. If you go, once again, when we've done these mocks, and not only doing them last year on, on, on air, but through our shoot jobs at work, when I've talked to you about mock drafts, the one place I, I every day I tell you you need to you need to go here instead of where you're going. WalterFootball.com I think does the best mocks and the most accurate mocks every year. You know I preach Walter Football, you right? You do hard. At at 46, the Vikings spent a third round pick on Kellen Mond last year, but he appears to be a sunk cost. Desmond Ritter impressed this year. He has shown an improved ability to work through progression, and he's good at using his feet to extend plays. Minnesota Vikings, Desmond Ritter, quarterback Cincinnati. I am not the only one who thinks he might follow us at 46. I, I'm not. That's who I want them to pick at second, but I don't think he falls. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think he goes to, at 32 at the end of the first round. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not Especially wrong. if the other two go. If the uh, now if Now, if for whatever reason Seattle, Pittsburgh – and whatever Carolina all past twenty. No, yeah. If if Pickett and Willis all go, if one of them gets past those three teams, Seattle, 
Carolina and Pittsburgh, if one of them does, I then the other one goes at 32 to the Lions. But I think if the other two go, you could see the line. I think the Lions take Desmond Ritter. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just – I think. I think they're going to see what Walter football sees, that he's the third best quarterback. And yeah. I've read a lot of articles that said he's the most pro-ready quarterback out of well, the two, out of the and, three. And so Walter football and Charlie Campbell, who's on there, they both have Seattle at 40 taking Matt Corral. So both of these on there. But get this, Charlie Campbell does not have Desmond Ritter coming to us at 46. Do you know who he has us coming to 46 that – I think if I, I think you might actually rather have than Desmond Ritter. And he uh, has gonna, David Oyabo falling to us. I'd be okay with that. I okay with that. I would. I almost penciled the minute twelve in my mock draft. Just the Vikings being like, "Well, he fell." <laughs> if if David Oyabo is there at forty six and we take him, I'm popping champagne. How does this damn pop? Like, that's just, come here. What that? What is, how does that song go? With the pop from champagne. Yeah, you dig. Louis Funk. Pop bottles or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pop. If, if David Oyama falls us, hell yeah, I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm going to poop my that pants. Was, that'd be a, well, okay. Well, that's a good way to. Way to end the show, I think. Right in my face. <laughs> um, that being said, man, hell of a show. Next week, we're going to try to get Justin Barnes on. Uh, talk Vikings right out the gate. Zaire, uh, what was it? Zadarius Smith signed. Excited to get that going. Also, uh, we're going to try week three to talk to some Lions. See what the hell they're all about. I don't know. They're both I, Kyle I, I got to. I I got a new writer that that um was presented to me. All right, that's tight. So we got Vikings Lions. We're also going to try to try to grab uh, Danny Friedman for the Giants. Maybe Ralph Mancini for the Packers. Otherwise, we're going to put Panthers on cue. But we're gonna, we'll have at least three, maybe four teams again for you next week. Continuing the roundtable talk. And as we as we had said, one of these weeks we're going to have to double up. Um, potentially first week of April, myself and Luke gonna have a little more time. So maybe we'll try to double up that week and get some of these teams knocked out because we want to get everybody everybody done before the draft. Uh, we appreciate great turnout last week, too, on the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. I told Luke the numbers, and it was one of our biggest shows we had ever had. So it was awesome, and I'm glad you all enjoyed it and came on. And longevity on listens, too. It wasn't like somebody tuned in for two minutes and left. Like people, people stayed with it, so we had a lot of fun. Uh, I want to give a sh- shout-out to Randy Gersey. Talk about Daily, Justin Freed from Jet Press, Carlos Sanchez, Black and Teal. Everybody brought their A game. We had some great talks tonight, Luke. This was a great show, man. I loved it. I love y'all. All y'all. Hell yeah. We'll see you next Tuesday, unless we let you know. 8 p.m. Central. Peace out.